Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Everybody and welcome back to the Talking Comics Podcast. Today is Wednesday, February 2nd, 2022. That is a 2222. Very lucky. Very lucky. Very lucky uh, dates for the show today. And you're listening to episode number 532. Oh my God, so many twos. Two's very lucky number. Uh, I am your host, Joey Ruccino. Joining me this week is Mr. Bob Ryer. I don't know how lucky it is. I'm looking out the window and I see Krampus. <laughs> Aaron Amos is here. I made a traducan this weekend. Ooh. Oh, you did it. I wanted to hear all about it. John Burkle is joining us. No Steve, no censorship. Hey! <laughs> and when Steve's away, we get the wonderful, ineffable Melissa Meegan Ooh. has returned to the show. Melissa's here to play. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> it is all so lucky it's Lunar New Year for all my Asian brothers and sisters out there. Gong hei fa choi, gong shi fa sai. Uh, two, two, twos. You're the tiger. Very lucky. Right. And Aaron's making turduckets. It's all over the place. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's everywhere. We're everywhere. Celebrating. Um, why did you make a turducken? Just for the hell of it? Why not? <laughs> all right. I like what that. What do you use? Is your what kind of stuffing do you layer just, yours with? I just felt like stuffing my meats, but uh, it was <laughs> from Christmas. And Christmas was canceled, so I had it in my freezer, and I got sick of looking at it. So I said, "Well." It's cold out. I'm not going anywhere. Let's thaw that mofo out and put it in the oven. See what happens. <laughs> nice. So that's what we did. I usually I made a well. I used to make three different stuffings, mm-hmm. but this year I was lazy, so I made one stuffing, uh, and it was a cornbread stuffing with bacon sausage. Mm. Nice. Mm. So I did a I did a Cajun stuffing a couple of years ago. So I had like shrimp and like, uh huh. I did that as my layer. That was that so. Was I used stuff. to do the cornbread, the shrimp, and then there was a third one. I can't remember yeah. what it was. I used to do, do you, one between each layer. Go ahead, Joey. Does it come? You can get it that way, or you can make it yourself. Like you could put it in yourself. Losers make it. Losers buy it. <laughs> yeah. So you gotta shove it into the hole. Hey, hey, hey! hey. Oh, whoa! Uh, okay, everyone, no, no, calm Steve's down. Gone. Everyone, We're calm to do down. That this week. Everyone, stay calm. All right. You cut I, it. So wait, kids. cut it and you layer it. Like it's like. Joey, a, okay. Oh. First of all, first of all, it's all boneless, Joey. Yes. So basically, oh, so just imagine like laying mm-hmm. out a duck coat, a chicken coat, and a turkey coat, and, and the, the layers layer rolling in it. between. Correct. And then you sort of you lay the. You put stuffing in the chicken, you lay that in the duck, and you roll the duck, and you put stuffing, I'm sorry, put stuffing on each layer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you put the chicken inside the duck, and you roll that up. Then you put that whole thing inside the turkey, and you roll that up. Now, the only bones left are the legs, so when you roll it up, and then you sort of, you can either skewer it shut, or use rope or whatever, you flip it over. When you put it in the roasting pan, you flip it over, it just looks like a regular turkey. Yeah. 
So there's only it's got two legs, not six. Yeah, legs. it's got two legs, and then two you. Then all right, so this is significantly, like only significantly less exciting than I thought. No, it was. See, I thought it was a bird stuffed in a bird stuffed in a bird with six well, legs. That's, that's, a, that's what I that's thought. That's how John Madden used to do it back in the old days on <laughs> Thanksgiving for the NFL. Yeah, he'd, he'd have a they they'd weld wow. together extra legs to make it look crazy. This this here has been quite the saga. If I can <laughs> say so myself. <laughs> you like that? That's a segue. I'm hosting this week. Steve is very, very busy with a ton of different things. Um, as you can tell, the puns have started. We've talked about birds. It's going to be great. Uh, Melissa is here because, yes, we are. We love having her, obviously. But also, Saga returned. Yes. Fiona Staples and Brian K. Vaughn. After two years away, Saga returned. And we all know that uh, Melissa single-handedly pushed Saga through <laughs> every year. Um, we would have been totally disinterested in it uh, if it weren't for her. But she's here to talk about that. We have lightning rounds, a little bit of Marvel announcements as well. And then uh, we'll try and get out of here as, as pain-free as possible. Um, what do we say lightning round John I was going to say were you going to pick a name what's happening what are we doing pause pause all right John I'll go you can go first and I'm going to say this right now that when I saw you had X-Men number seven on your a lightning round if you make a crack about the fact that it's set in an evil place in new jersey mm. i'm gonna kick you off of this show right now oh i should do some edits here no <laughs> isn't that statement redundant Oh! <laughs> I opened the book and I was like, "It's the evil place under New Jersey," and I was like, "Nice, John. All right, John. The, the floor is yours." You mean the evil lair under Joey's apartment? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's do Devil's Reign number three. So Chip Zdarsky, Marco Cicchetto, with Marcio Menez on color and Clayton Cowles on letters. Uh, things are starting to get tense in New York City as Mayor Fisk ratches up his crackdown on masks. Uh, with the power dampeners at their disposal, like-minded police officers are tuning up captured heroes like the Ben Riley Spider-Man. Uh, if it's too big of a situation, then Fisk has recommissioned the Thunderbolts. And this is like the Norman Osborn era Thunderbolts. Uh, and they're now outfitted with the who's who of reformed villains loyal to Fisk. Uh, Daredevil and Cap are leading the resistance. Uh, they're on to Fisk's use of the Purple Man to influence the average citizen, bringing them into the conflict with Doc Ock and his Superior Four, which is a Hulk, a Ghost Rider, and a Wolverine that have all been taken over by Doc Ock in an alternate universe. So that's an interesting little concept. And while that's going on, Luke Cage's candidacy for mayor heats up, putting anyone associated with Luke in the crosshairs. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun with this miniseries. It, it started out with a lot of Civil War vibes, and it still has those. But it, it, I like that everybody seems to be on the same page. There were some heroes acting a little different earlier on, and this issue reveals why they were acting a little different. Uh, it's 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 gorgeous. Chichetto's been great since he took over Daredevil, and they've really, really hit nailed this one. And there's some great tie-ins as well. Uh, I read the the Lady Daredevil, which has been good. It's also by Zdarsky. Uh, and then last week we had Devil's Reign X-Men number one by the Jerry Dugan and Phil Noto of the Much Missed Cable series. Um, <laughs> and Corey Pettit on letters. Uh, this opens in the past and in the Kingpin's past, 
he had two ways of dealing with people. Men he no longer needed, he sent Electra. Deals with men he still needed, he sent Emma Frost. And now that past is catching up with Emma as the U.S. agent and the team of Thunderbolts are parked outside X- the X-Men treehouse demanding they surrender. Emma takes the case of mutant sta- uh, status to the U.N., openly defying Fisk, and it may be beneficial to the X-Men in the short term. It will no loud lead to some revelations Emma might not want out there as this miniseries goes forward. I will I will buy anything Phil Noto does. Um Gary Jerry Dugan, great author, great writer. Uh, this is fun, and it has the same vein of of the X Men universe, but it fits right in perfectly with Devil's Reign. And then finally, that little book that Joey mentioned, X Men number seven. <laughs> Jerry Dugan, Pepe Larraz, Marty Gracia on colors, and then Clayton Cowles on letters. Jerry Dugan must be channeling his inner Tom King and anyone who listened to last week's show, and that's not a good thing all the time, (laughs) as he time jumps all over the place in these past two issues. In issue number six, we were introduced introduced to Captain Krakoa, the newest X-Men, who we learn is actually Cyclops in disguise. But why does Cyclops need a disguise? Well, X-Men's number seven tells us why. Resurrection is one of the most guarded Krakoan secrets, a secret mutants will do anything to protect. And as Orcus has leaked footage of Cyclops dying on their satellite by the sun all the way back in House of X, Cyclops can no longer appear in public because it would make no sense for him to be alive. And so Dr. Stasis and his Chimera, which are humans and animal hybrids, basically he's a poor man's high evolutionary are testing the X-Men and the resurrection protocols. And now that Cyclops is dead, Captain Krakoa is born, and the future of the X-Men is, as always, in doubt. And I am loving this book still. It is still high concept, high adventure, and every time LaRaz is on it, it is freaking beautiful. And I hope it continues for years and years to come, although they will probably pull him for a Captain America book in the near future. And I'm done. (laughs) Yeah, X for the despite the New Jersey, you know, prodding there. Uh, X Men number seven was was amazing. I actually missed it last week. I, I I'm glad that you had it on your lightning round because I didn't read it, um, in uh, last week. But I love Cyclops, as we all know. Yeah. Scott Summers was right. Um, <laughs> and any any feature for him is great. And I love in this issue you really see his. He's, he's like, I need to be out there. Like, I yeah. need to be out there. This quiet council, we can't really trust them anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that the X-Men are now kind of separate from the machinations of Krakoa a little bit, right. doing their hero thing. Um, and having Cyclops at the lead as this Captain Krakoa thing, I think is really, really yeah. cool. I love the the Scott and Emma part, too. That was really, that was, yeah. that was pretty beautiful. I like the, that. The there Scott. was a couple. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know, but... Me too. Yeah. I do. That's what you're saying, stuff. Joey, I, in my catch up for our best of, I really did enjoy that the X-Men were back to that hero thing. It is, it, it's a lovely change, lovely retro sort of thing. And this whole treehouse thing, it it's bizarre, but it works, right? Right in the middle of Central mm-hmm. Park. Let's be visible because we are now, we're still hated and feared kind of, right? But it, it, there's something better happening. I love what they're trying to do. 
Yeah. But see, yeah. now that's the thing, though. And I, I kind of thought about this before. That's kind of the rub, though, because when you decide you're going to be a superhero, you give up access to resurrection now. Well, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Access. You basically have to go into witness protection for all right. those purposes. When you die, you you can no longer go back to your life. So all the, the heroes you've worked with, all those people, they can't know you're alive. And it wasn't something that was openly discussed, but it is absolutely there. So now, so now it's a lot more public. Yeah. 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 And, you know, then they, and they didn't, and, you know, and we, I don't think we even thought about it to that degree when they were just like, yeah, we're going to plant ourselves right in the middle of New York and we're going to do this and we're going to be in the middle of this, that, and the other thing. And, and, and considering how much death was talked about, resurrection was talked about, and how it was so frivolously, you know, you know, viewed uh, in what was it, Way of X? Yeah, I would have thought mm-hmm. that would have been a, a you know, what I mean, a, a cornerstone of this book, but nope. It's like, well, you're done, you're out. Yeah. So, well, I think part of it is to your point, John, the time jumping back and forth mm-hmm. between in a single issue it would be one thing but that we're time jumping back and forth over the course of two or three issues right over the course of two or three months it's very difficult to follow the timeline of this story arc yeah um which is not something we're used to with the x-men book because for the longest time it's kind of been one-off issues and, you know, if there was a storyline, they were like 16 or 17 issues apart, <laughs> yeah. like the vault thing. So th- it's it's been a little jarring and tough to follow. But with that said, it's it's beautiful mm-hmm. and the storyline is great. I have to catch up on Devil's Reign because that hearing you talk about it just then, uh, it sounds like the event book that it sounds like the kind of event that Marvel used to run. Yeah. Every year back in like the early 2000s. And they kind of disappeared mm-hmm. for a little while. And now it seems like that kind of book, but it's not being pushed as that kind of right. book, despite the fact that it's roping everybody in. Yeah, this could fall right in line with Siege and House of M, yeah. Secret Sounds Invasion. Like it. No, it, it fits right. It feels like one of those books. Yeah. Yeah. I'd vote for Luke cool. Cage for Mayor of New York, I got to tell you. Hell yes. Oh, I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which will make it, I, I assume that's the future direction. And I think that's a, a beautiful that's idea. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, he's been floating where, really? He was a little bit in the Iron Fist book. He had his own uh, digital series there. and then right. There was after- a mi- right, there was a mini that was coming that was canceled. Didn't City Jimmy on Walker fire? do him a little while after? It, oh, yeah. love that. Was a, that, that was, yeah, was a yeah. yeah, it was about four or five years ago. Right, I'm looking at the poster uh, on the wall with, with Sanford Green and David F. Yeah, they yeah. signed for me. That was Love that Power Man Iron Fist. And the Luke he did after was, was great as well. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. That would be awesome. That would be cool. All right. Melissa, did you get your notes together? Melissa, do you have any comments on X-Men? <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say that I will always look up anything by Phil Noto. So. Mm. There you go. Hey. Yeah. You said That's Phil Noto, and I was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look this up. Yeah. He's awesome. Marauders. Yeah. Phil Noto was the only reason I was reading that ex-Marauders book <laughs> for a, a stretch there at the end. Um. All right, Melissa, the floor is yours. Okay. Uh, really, there's only one book that I was excited to talk to you guys about tonight, and I'm going to save that one for last. Uh, <laughs> but I threw a couple extras in there just so you didn't think I was too lazy. Um, <laughs> Never. <laughs> so I'm going to quickly talk about, uh, let's see, the Me, Love in the Dark 
Um, I know that you guys have heard <laughs> Steve talk about this one already. Yeah. Um, I've been meaning to catch up on it, and I finally did. So, in case anybody doesn't know, um, basically it's a, uh, a spooky tale about an artist named Roe who retreats from the grind of the city to an old house to find solace and inspiration. Um, this is, oh, sorry, look how out of practice I am. This is written by Scotty Young. Let me just tell you who did it. And the art is by George Corona. Um, this is, she, she finds out that there's, so this, this uh, artist leaves the city, right? She's, uh, she's not doing, making art anymore. She's feeling very disconnected. She goes to this old creepy house in the middle of a small town and she's going to try to find some inspiration again. And she quickly finds out that there's already someone occupying her home or something. <laughs> And the story just quickly catapults through like a friendship to a deeper relationship to a straight up terrifying abusive situation. It is, <laughs> it really yeah. like it's, it's like a it's like a ball of poo that just rolls down the hill really fast. Um, well, but we it's miss really you so much, Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> this series is super intense and dark, literally and figuratively. The art is very dark in this. Um, I'm not sure if it had quite the heart that I'm used to getting from Scotty Young, I think. And maybe that's because I'm so accustomed to his stories being featured around a child at some point. Um, but it feels like a really great gothic horror piece. I loved how much they used the shadows and the corners and the details of the house. They were all um, used to kind of like increase the tension and the claustrophobia that developed the longer that she stays in the house. Um, so anyway, I read number one through five of this. I kind of gobbled it up this weekend and I thought it was super, super cool. Um, yeah. And like I said, I'm sure Steve has talked about it a lot already, but you know, it's awesome. Multiple and nominee for our best ups. Now that I've approved it, you, you know that it's good. Mm. <laughs> yeah, forget Steve. It's all about forget Melissa. Steve. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other one I read was, uh, dot self number one through three. Uh, it's written by Christopher Sabella um, and art by Kara McGee with letters by Aditya Bidikar. I hope I did not make that really bad. I'm sorry. Um, so this is a really, it's an insane story basically of a future that gives you the ability to say goodbye or rewrite your story. So the concept is that um, there's this big company that allows you to um, save and database all of your memories and your experiences and your feelings in your life um and when you die they can take that database and they can put it into what they call a blank which is like a fake person essentially mm. um and you have the opportunity to come back with that blank and basically say goodbye to the people that you want to say goodbye to or like wrap up loose ends and wow. like have that one last day um and so it's, you know, it's this weird kind of like this little machine looks like an Alexa and sits in the corner of the room and it's always keeping track of all of your experiences and keeping all of your stuff. Um, and this is the story of a, um, this woman named Nat uh, or Natalie, she basically, she goes along with her husband's idea to try this new tech out and she downloads herself into this thing. And, um, and then one day she wakes up to find that there are people that she's never seen before sort of emptying her bank accounts. People are showing up on her doorstep wanting to kick her ass for some reason she has no idea. Uh, her life is essentially being torn apart by all of these strangers that she doesn't know. Um, 
and it turns out that they're all blanks who are walking around with her life stored inside them. Wow. Um, it's a really, it's a really, really cool concept. It's this idea that like all of these blanks are essentially the people that you could have been if you had made different choices or done different things in your life. Um, and it just blows up into this kind of chaotic, um, chaotic running around town, trying to survive, try, like being kidnapped by uh, six versions of herself, like <laughs> trying to figure out like how to get, how to put her life together. Um, when you know she has all these different versions of herself either agreeing that she needs to be saved or feeling like they need to get rid of her and take over her life there's all these different ideas from her blanks on what they should do with the real person um and it's just you know it's crazy it's absolutely chaotic and and wild it's such a wild ride um and there's so many different personalities to deal with at the same time in like a very short span of time in this book um but it works um and the art is beautiful and colorful and it's so much fun uh and i'm gonna keep reading this one so yeah really weird futuristic story i think they want you to feel like really icky about capitalism <laughs> but should we yeah right yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah that 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 sounds like a chris sabella book. Yes. <laughs> yeah right that's basically what he's trying to say is like capitalism is gross don't give them your information you know but it's fun so uh, the big one I wanted to tell you guys about was a Christmas gift that I got. Um, and I've been holding on to this since Christmas, like waiting for my chance to come on the show so I could tell Aww. you about it. Um, it's called Joan Jet and the Black Hearts, 40 by 40, Bad Ooh. Reputation, I Love Rock and Roll. It's published by Z2 Comics. Um, and this is a, it, it's to celebrate the 40th anniversary of both albums, um, Bad Reputation and I Love Rock and Roll, which were released in 1981 from Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Um, and this is a, a team of all female writers and artists who were brought together and they created this huge hardcover, flipped double cover graphic novel full of short stories um, that are all inspired by the songs of these albums. Mm. It's really, really impressive. Um, the book was sold in limited numbers with a choice of different packages, including other goodies like vinyl records, prints, guitar picks, tattoos, stickers, and lots of other collectibles. So you could pick kind of how much of that stuff you wanted. I'm very jealous. Gift. I am very jealous, Melissa. Go. <laughs> it was a Christmas gift. So I got a pretty big package. I got like the prints and I've got the records and all the cool stuff that comes with it. Um, some of the creators I was most excited about that are in this book were Kat Staggs, Marguerite Savage, uh, Tara McPherson, who did the art for the Isle of Rock and Roll cover, uh, Amanda Debert, Jaslyn Stone, Jamaica Dyer, Kat Mihos, and Annie Zaleski were some of the names that I recognized. But it contains a total of 20 stories. It's just a beautifully compiled collection of tales. Um, some have a cameo by Joan and, and her bandmates. Some are more literal representation of her song lyrics. Others being strongly inspired by the sense of strength and unleashed energy that Joan Jett's music is known for. Um, these are stories of struggle, hardship, pain, and sometimes futuristic, weird sci-fi things. But all of them end in like taking control or overcoming, letting go and letting loose, claiming your bad reputation. All of them. Um, I love this book, and it will be something that I can share with my friends and keep on my shelf next to my best collections for many, many years. Um, and it comes in this big giant box that looks like a jukebox. It's designed oh, man. Nice. Like a jukebox, yeah. 
Um, I wish that I could hand it to you guys so you could play with it because it's so pretty and well made and impressive. Um, but yeah, I'm an I'm an '80s kid. Well, late '80s, I guess you could say, late '80s kid. And Joan Jett was a big part of my early teens growing up and my earliest music influences. So, and she's still rad. Yeah, she is. Um, she's, <laughs> she's awesome. Yeah, she's such yeah. a badass. Um, and it's as a hairstylist, she's one it. of my biggest inspirations, actually, for hair still. She's one of my favorite. Oh, oh her look has always been phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, right? Just timeless, but always marches to her own drummer. I loved her. I, I, I still love her. But, yeah. I got to get this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, officially, it comes out March 29th in the regular book version. Not, not the fancy one that Melissa has. You have to go to Z2, yeah. whatever might be left over there. I'm a big fan of Tara McPherson. Um, I have a bunch of her artwork in my salon, actually, and at home. Um, so I actually saw she shared this because she did one of the covers on it. And so as soon as I saw it pop up, I sent a note to Santa to let him know that I was. <laughs> Santa was very good to you, I'll tell you. Dear Santa, get me this or else. Yeah. yeah or else you're sleeping on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's pretty amazing. I wish, yeah. I, I don't really know how to portray it in words because it's just. But I'm go sure to their you guys site. Go, had... to their, go to the Z2 site and look at the array of stuff guitar straps and picks, as you're saying. So many different books and tattoos and stickers. It's amazing. It really is. I'm kind of a. I love to get those, my favorite comics and big hardcovers. We know they're expensive and they're, you know, they, they're kind of hard to get sometimes. Um, so I have a few of them. I have like Why the Last Man collected in hardcover. I have Saga and big two big giant omnibuses right now um but this one is really really gorgeous it's it's just so yeah. much fun it's so fun to like read half of the book and then flip it over backwards and read it from the other <laughs> side the other yeah uh, i melissa i was so thrilled that you, that you looked at this i our local paper here because joan still lives in long beach out on, on long island oh really yeah oh yeah she and kay laguna her writing partner guru everything else she is one of these people in the music industry that not only carved her own way but did something so special her initial album you know bad reputation was turned down by 23 record companies <laughs> everybody turned it down and they said we'll just do it ourselves she owns her own masters all the records except for some of the columbia stuff she owns everything they can do what they feel with it and, and do all these wonderful things. I have in front of me here, I have the vinyl albums. I have the CDs. I am looking at a Joan Jett and the Blackhearts live on Broadway t-shirt from 1989 sitting right, <laughs> right next to me. Huge fan. Again, hey. the music is wonderful. The person and what she stands for in the industry and everything else, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, too late as far as I'm concerned, but still is. So special. So great. Yeah, you know, we see a lot of, like, girl power stuff around now, and some of it is more genuine than others, but I think the essence of what you just explained about Joan Jett and her music history and her career, that that essence is in every story in this book. Ah, uh, uh, gotta get it. Thank yeah, you, Melissa. That's awesome. Yeah. Joan Jett makes a cameo appearance in that repo, the genetic opera that I did for uh, Progressively <laughs> Horror. Oh, yeah. Just spontaneously in the back of one of the songs, she just like rips a guitar solo for like why, but it was awesome. <laughs> She's Joan Jett. Now you, Joan Jett. It, 
It's not around because it's music rights clearance problem. She did a movie where she's the co-lead with Michael J. Fox and Jenna Rollins called Light of Day. Oh, I remember that movie. Written and directed by Paul Schrader from Taxi Driver. It is awesome. They had like a family band, didn't they? Yes, they did with Michael Michael McKean in in the band as well. It is a great movie and she's very impressive as an actress as well as everything Melissa... Did you watch the Why the Last Man TV show? I did. What'd you think? <laughs> uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I actually yeah. just had a conversation in my Discord group right before I got on here tonight about how angry I am at some of the garbage that's been approved recently for TV shows and that that show has not been picked up for another season. Uh-huh. I agree. I, I I really enjoyed it. I Obviously, they change a lot right. because, you know, the times have changed since... 15 years ago when that book came out um maybe more now at this point no about 15 years but um i liked the changes and mm-hmm. i thought the cast was good and diane lane and i, I was into it yeah. um and then when they announced the 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 cancellation i was like oh that's yeah. sad that- <laughs> we waited like 15 years for this <laughs> really yeah, we did yeah, one no. season <laughs> uh no I- 2020 I thought it was amazing and I love that they I actually I I did I went into it very like purist like they better not mess with the story and then I saw it and I'm like oh they did mess with the story but they made it work better for now yeah. you know it makes more sense and um, I remember when we first started watching that uh, Ryan turned to me right at the beginning and said I wonder how they're going to handle the the concept of trans people and I was like well that wasn't really in the book and then they did and I was like oh cool yeah cool like they and they did and they did well I they thought. did it gracefully yeah yeah 2021 was the year of comic book adaptations that were immediately canceled <laughs> speaking of uh, where the hell is sweet tooth season two where the hell right well that that no is coming it. they said that one, that january of 2022 but it's not here yet <laughs> they got that robert downey jr money on that one so yeah. i think they'll be okay <laughs> those um, of us who brought into jupiter's legacy we're screwed ouch yeah why the last uh, man done wait, but hold on i want to rewind Melissa, also, when they t- the, the me you loved in the dark turned saucy, <laughs> what were your thoughts? Turned because saucy. I, when, when all of a sudden she's like, she pulls that, that monster oh, into the room yeah. with her, I was like, oh my God. Well, I think it was, yeah, it weirded me out. But then I thought, you know, I don't know what I don't get, what I don't get about that book. And I love something that leaves things open to interpretation like this is like, I don't know if she's, I don't think she actually sees what we see. I think she still yeah. thinks that this thing is just a ghost, you know? So maybe she's right. thinking, oh, this is just some kind of like enhanced version of masturbation or something, you know? This is different. It's Don't not real, right? Phases. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but she, that's why, like, I mean, she's an alcoholic art. artist living alone in a dark yeah. house. So. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But. <laughs> I don't, yeah, it was it was uncomfortable, but then it was like, oh, she doesn't see him. I think we see him. If she doesn't, maybe, hopefully. We see him. I remember the I end mean, of the second like issue. I eyeballs. lost my yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that book is insane. What a what a book. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, All right. And Dot, just, and, I just wanted to know. Yeah, and, and I, I gotta tell you, Dot self sounds very affecting. As someone who's alone, the idea of sharing what you knew and putting it all out there and having it go haywire. It's kind of scary. 
if you hadn't said that it was a Christabella book, I would have assumed it was a Christabella <laughs> book. Because, <laughs> right, exactly. Because it sounds yeah. a lot like it asks a lot of the same questions that like Crowded does, yes. you know, about like, you know, the, the technology and, you know, our relationship to technology and mm-hmm. how that technology impacts our relationship with other people or other like legacy and all that stuff so it sounds like a christabella book and then you were like it's chaotic and anarchic and i was like it's definitely a christabella book like <laughs> i'm always so, surprised yeah, when i see cool. christabella pop up on social media like really you use social media like i feel like there's this like strong bitter distaste for technology <laughs> <laughs> well you gotta sell the book somehow yeah, I I guess guess. So. Yeah. Amen. um all right aaron yeah, yeah. Is it time. or is it just me? <laughs> All right. So my uh, lightning round is going to be relatively quick because uh, I I succumbed to peer pressure <laughs> and and spent the 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 entire weekend you know abusing everyone in my life by reading uh, Saga from volume three <laughs> forward, <laughs> volume three forward in two straight days. Guys, I just want to say that I've been pressuring him to read this since before he was on Talking Comics, so... Wow. Good Lord, Aaron. So you had only read the first eight or nine issues? Look at that education at play. He did the math. Look at at Joey, the math teacher. Look at you. Jesus. Yeah, I I will say I read actually volume three. Yeah, I reread volume three. I realized after I got through like... As I as I got through like the first like two uh, issues of Volume Three, I'm like, oh wait, I read this already. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was you like, were like, I've seen that giant vagina monster before. <laughs> I'm, like, yeah. I'm like, oh, what's I'm that? Like, oh, looks familiar. And I was like, you know, I was like, uh, was Orlando consulting on this book? There's like, a lot of frontal. But so I read three through nine, uh, two days, and then I read a bunch of other stuff, and I got kind of lucky because. Basically, Bob, between Bob and John, all the other stuff I read, except for the two I'm talking about, are on the list this week. So there you have it. So I'm going to be super quick. Um, one of the things I'm going to talk about is Static, Vita Ayala, Criss Cross, uh, Nicholas Draper, Ivy. Um, I wanted to talk about it because I was very much looking forward to it after reading Icon and Rocket. If you read Icon and Rocket last week, it says that that issue takes place after static number five because static is in that issue however this issue doesn't end in a way where i feel like static can just roll up and go to school the next day (laughs) so i'm a little confused by the numbering anyway as you know um you know they have been dipping in out of various universes they've connected hardware and icon rocket and static in a little bit of way so they sort of have dipped in and out of each other's books um which kind of explains uh, some of their powers and some of their knowledge, some, well, some of the guys and some of their knowledge of things, um, which I thought was a really good idea. But this issue picks up um, basically after the the what I'm assuming is going to be the core team uh, gets together and they're trying to go find and rescue all of the Bang Babies who had been uh, kidnapped and locked away essentially for experimentation and use of their figure out how to basically militarize their powers. Um, it's an interesting 
sort of take on this because you know you're you become kind of accustomed to these stories starting with the team sort of all coming together having a little bit of issues here and then sort of gelling and everything works out perfectly fine not quite these guys are still sort of at each other's throat and they still got some issues to work out and i like that it's it's not something that's resolving itself at least in the story super quick um a lot of things come up in this book about acceptance and the difference between them even between even the granularity of of between bang babies uh between people of the individual cultures that are being you know that exist within the bang babies because they're not all black they're not all white they're not all anything so there's there's a whole lot of different things going on there that you know interestingly talked about but the exciting part of this book is that it starts off with francis uh you know the big fire guy uh continuing to try to you know he's obviously supposed to be the white supremacist continuing to try to beat down static and static learns a couple of things about how his powers work and how his body metabolizes things that helps him get out of it which i think is a good twist i didn't i don't know if this is something that existed in the previous books but um i enjoyed it i think it's going to be something that's going to be useful moving forward i continue to enjoy this book i continue to enjoy what it's saying um i continue to enjoy that it's 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 a really good superhero coming of age story i don't know i I just like this mouse universe you've heard me say this a million times but moving on to my next book justice league incarnate one through three dennis culver joshua williamson uh, and uh andre bresson so I had collected this. I, I started buying these issues because I I enjoyed the um what was it Infinite Frontier Infinite Frontier yeah. yeah the Infinite Frontier books that had come out. I really enjoyed the 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 look at GSA. I enjoyed the way they were doing a, a little bit of multiverse stuff, and I wanted to see where they were going to take it. Um, I will first say that I abhor the art in this book. Oof. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do not like the art. I do. I mean, just nothing about this art adds value to the story that they're trying to tell here. And I kind of feel as though it diminishes the story a little bit. But the story is essentially, as we got out of those Infinite Frontier books, that the multiverse is once again in peril. Primarily in peril from the ultimate dark side, which I guess is... (laughs) Come on! (laughs) I guess he's supposed to be the combination of all the dark sides that existed across all the the multiverses, all combined into one. And he's trying to find a crack in the multiverse uh, because that will allow him to skip on through to the other side. (laughs) Okay, Jim Morrison. (laughs) Exactly. And access whatever ultimate power is there because blah, blah, blah. Sounds to me like a source wall, but whatever. Um, So (laughs) now this Justice League Incarnate is comprised of, I don't know if you remember from the uh, Infinite Frontier books, but there was a representative of each basic multiverse um, that was brought onto the team. Um, and that's this team. So, you know, we got Black Superman and you got uh, uh, Thomas Wayne and a bunch of other. You got Mary Marvel and a, a Lady Aqua, well, Aqua Woman, I guess, if you want to call it that. But um, and a variety of other. Uh, Lady Aqua Woman. I was about to have to think about oh, wait, no, I was literally going to say Lady Aqua Man. And I'm like, wait, that doesn't make sense. I was like, no, <laughs> like, like Aqua Woman. Lady um, Aqua Woman Girl. I was like, yes, that, that one. Uh, Aqua Chick. But I'm. Um, you know, um, but they got this whole team together, and the, the the team is together for two reasons. One, to obviously start stop Darkseid, but the other is to find Barry Allen. At the end of those Infinite Frontier books, the you know Barry Allen once again manipulated by um was it Psycho? No, what was his name? Was it Psycho Pirate? Psycho Pirate. Psycho Pirate. Psycho Pirate. Psycho Pirate. Psycho Pirate. 
uh, was forced psycho to, pirate. Yeah, it was forced to run so fast. Guess gonna say. So fl- flipping through the multiverse somewhere. So they're trying to figure out where he is. Um, again, I like the. I like. I always like sort of looking at these characters from other from various the other multiverses. I like them in small bits and in pieces. I don't. I don't necessarily like when they try to do too much with them. Um, I I was a guy that was reading that Earth Two book that came out in the New Fifty Two mm-hmm. um, a while back. Mm-hmm. I thought that book was great. Um, some of the same characters are here, um, or, or at least we we saw some of these characters in that book. Um, I, I but I got to be honest. I even though I'm continuing to read this, I I do feel as though I'm being let down by this art because this art is just it seems very sloppy, it seems very rushed. Wow. Um, it seems almost like they just didn't care enough to to give it the type of I don't know the way they were building this up with those you know infinite frontier yeah. issues that you would have thought that they would have given it a little bit more time and a little bit more. I don't know what happened between this art and Justice League art. Something's going on. Some, someone hates the Justice League. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Saying. I think um, they pulled the chosen artist and put it on somebody else or put him on a different book and then rushed this out. I, that yeah. I, I that has to be the case because this doesn't make any sense. But I'm mm-hmm. going to I'm going to keep reading the story because, I, like I said, I do like, you know, bopping in and out of these different multiverses and sort of seeing what's going on there. Yeah. But um, do better with the art for DC. That's all I'm saying. How do you really feel, Aaron? Yeah, I hate the <laughs> So in summary, the art blows. I just All looked right. this up really quick to see this terrible art that you were talking about. And I can tell by one panel of this book that this is not the book for me. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to read this book. Oh. <laughs> Wait, I need to search it now. I don't know who these people are. But all you, I see is you... a woman in a lightning dress holding a ship up in the air and yelling, Dino Cop! That's Mary. <laughs> Dino Cop. Like, no, that's Mary the- Marvel, and Dino Cop is another member of the team. She's trying to save him. Oh, yeah. you know when they do like that the- must be the guy with the weird thing growing out of his head. <laughs> yeah. I love this. When they do, when they do the like the advertisements in the middle of the book of like Hostess cupcakes, and they get the person who draws those, it's like to they do the series. That, they gave that person their book. Wow! And it's, and it's just it it I I I had it pulled for me, and I opened it up, and I'm just like, no, I can't, I can't give, I can't give you my money for this. And it looks, you know what it looks like? It looks. It looks like art from maybe 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it does not, it's not, it does not have that kind of modern sensibility to it. It looks dated. It, it looks dated. It's like very and, generic, yeah. like mid nineties yeah. superhero. DC does, art. It yes. doesn't fit the show. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't fit the, the book. And they gave yeah. this such a runway. Um, oh yeah. With those other five infinite frontier <laughs> books. That, that's what really got me excited. So I expected there to be some quality yeah, this is awful. Yeah, this is absolutely yeah. awful. That, I mean, that Zermonico yeah, sure in that one was really to validate that, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're well, right. Well, that's Aaron. the thing. Infinite Frontier. <laughs> Infinite Frontier was beautiful. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it was. Yeah, I remember even. I remember reading that book and being like, I don't know who eighty five percent of these characters but are, I but I can't yeah. stop reading it because it was it looked epic and cool and very again modern. Like mm-hmm. it had this kind of edge to it, and this just looks dated. Yeah, yeah. it's not it's good. image yeah. from it's the mid nineties. Like yeah, 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 it's exactly what I was gonna say, Bob. It's like 
It's not even the top image artist. It's like the third. <laughs> yeah. It's whoever's doing Blood Strike this month. Yeah, <laughs> this is not Michael Turner. This wow. isn't McFarlane or Larson. Yeah, it's one of those. Oh. You, you go do this book. Go do this book. Yeah. Wow. This is this is this is turning. But it sounds like a great story. Wow. Is the problem, and that's I, that's the thing. Well, I I'm yeah. enjo- I personally am enjoying the story again because yeah. I like I like those characters. I like. That we're not looking at the same six characters yes. that we always look yes. at in the Justice League book, and I like that they keep popping. I mean, you got Captain Carrot popping through here. Come on, right? Yeah. That's right you there. Got, yeah. Captain Carrot. Did you say awesome. Captain Carrot? Captain Carrot. Yeah, dude. And the, Captain, Captain Carrot and the Zoo Crew. Yeah, come yeah. on, Zoo Crew, Zoo Crew. You got Hellblazer. Wow. You know, it is so funny because the magic word. There was like one scene where there's like there's a magic word to get into the the bar. What's the bar where the where they all hang out? The, yeah there's a magic word yeah. to get in there and i'm looking i'm like what is this word and then i realized i'm like oh it's vertigo spelled backwards i'm like I uh, is detective <laughs> chimp still that. sitting at the bar he's, he's always I sitting think, at the I, bar i think he's in there okay, I think he good, doesn't have like good. a speaking role but i'm like isn't I it the, that's him. the bar of oblivion or the oblivion yeah, yeah yes yeah yeah, yeah yeah the bar of their name is the marvel version yeah yeah, so, yeah. I was like, I also want a clock. It's only the second month of 2022, and Aaron has mentioned the source wall. Yeah. So it's. <laughs> I think he came on to the show complaining about the source wall, the source wall. and now here we are. There's always <laughs> a crack because there's, there's a, a crisis. There's a crisis brewing. Yeah. There's a crisis brewing again. Oh yes, oh, there gosh. is. Yes, there is. Was yeah, Melissa, me. this is what this is what you've missed, man. We have Captain Carrot now, Detective Chimp. Like this is the, the Listen, DC has gone off the rails. Superheroes have gotten way more chimp. interesting since the last time I came. So. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, don't nobody better say nothing bad about Detective Chimp. Do not say anything bad about Detective Chimp. All right. He goes back about fifty years, Melissa. He, he's actually a real character. He is the man. Well, not really. Well, no, he's the chip. You know what I'm saying? He's a hard drinking chip with a sword. (laughs) All right. Um, But you want to talk about a book that has incredible, like, flashy, wonderful, edgy artwork in that stack. Yeah. That that book, it looks like nothing else on the stand. So it's hard to go from a book like Static and then look at Justice League Incarnate. Honestly, at one point, I kept, because, you know, I read on the iPad. So there's a couple Mm of times I kept flipping back. I'm like, is this in 3D? Is this how? It's so so dense and beautiful. The digital inking yeah. on it is incredible. It's just yeah. the, the even like the when he takes the um the the glucose pills and those mm-hmm. pages when he's like recovering like before that when like the the flame hits him I'm just like just that what was the vision when you, when you were drawing like what did you see in your mind's eye because that that was just yeah. to me that was just beautiful I just really really enjoyed it um I I don't know I just really enjoyed the vision vision is the word it it's you need someone who can see beyond the flat page see something Hi. larger and cool stuff absolutely Aaron. i feel bad that it i mean i i'm enjoying icon and rocket but the art just doesn't even compare to static no no it it's like that. static it is so not. far in a way well, with icon and rocket icon and rocket again the artist on icon and rocket wasn't he like the OG artist on yes. icon and rocket no mark no. mark bright was the original right. artist no, you're right, Doug yeah, yeah. The only one that's original art is Dennis Conway. Conway. Or oh, yeah, what's he working on? He's on hardware yes. with Bill Sienkiewicz. Okay. okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, the right. icon and rocket looks similar to that original art, but static is that's what just I'm saying. so 
So stellar. St- Static feels fresh and new, yeah. but Icon and Rocket feels like a throwback to that, which, yes. which is also kind of why I get it. Yeah, you know? like, because they're telling it, it that story. Feels, yeah, yeah, exactly. What I, I have love, a question you know, for you guys. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I want to throw out this question. Um, so if you pick up a new book, right, and the art is really amazing, but the story doesn't immediately grab you, will you keep reading to enjoy the art? Or is it the other way around for you? Like, if you pick up a book and the story is really amazing, will you tolerate bad art to read the story? I'll tolerate bad art over... But if it's a really stellar looking book in the art and the writing subpar, it's one of the big two. I'll just wait for it to get on Marvel Universe or DC Infinite and, yeah. and just read it there. So you'll still read it. You just won't. Yes, I'll read it. I just, yeah. For me, I, I've always looked at the story first and the art. Maybe I'll get to love. And it happens sometimes. I. Steve Englehart and Sal Buscema did Captain America back in the 70s, mm-hmm. John, right? And it was yep. amazing. And they changed artists to Frank Robbins, who was this quirky, weird, oddball yeah. aesthetic. And I couldn't stand it. I loved Englehart's story. And eventually, I loved the art. Yeah. Things will grow on you. Yeah. I mean, I mean I, I'll mean, be honest. When I first got into comics, I did not understand Kirby. I know, I know, but and then I mean, I was like into Burn and Perez, and that that, that was my entry point. But then I I went back and I read the like the uh, uh, like the um new gods and the the fourth world Mm -hmm. and all of that, and then I started to understand it. Now I appreciate the hell out of it and I love everything he's done. So, what Bob is saying sometimes the writing will get you in and the art might not be there, but it will grow on you over time. Yeah. Give me a good story. It depends. Go ahead, Joe. It depends on where we're at. Mm. Like I read, I read, I rather, I suffered through <laughs> some real bad artists on Peter David's X Factor. Yes. yes. Over those, mm-hmm. over those like 60, yeah. 70 issues. But the first 12 or 15 issues were incredible. Mm-hmm. So at that point I was invested. If I pick up a new number one yeah, and the art is not jiving for me or the, the, the writing is not jiving for me. Like I, I'm just, I'll just stop. Like yeah. it, it, I, I cannot. And also on some of those fill in too, it happened with wonder woman. Oh, the last no. volume, right. The second bad art came on that yeah. book. I was like, I'm out. Yeah. yeah. Because it's a visual medium, and yeah. if I want to read a good story, I'll pick up a book, right? <laughs> like right. I, 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 it has to be a combination of the two. And yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, well, look at the coat, yeah. the coats, Captain America. You know that was a great Brilliant story, but that story. wasn't. But that wasn't bad. It wasn't no, bad Wonder Woman was bad. Let down, Wilson's let Wonder Woman was bad art. Just bad yeah. art. Oh yeah. Board. Yeah. So Joey goes to at least to a, a point that I was thinking of myself. I. Uh, the discriminator for me at times may be whether or not it's an ongoing or a limited. Mm-hmm. If it's a limited, oh. then I'm more likely to read. So if I know it's only six issues, um, but it's a contained story that you know is in the wheelhouse of something I want to read, then I may push through that way. But if it's an ongoing, then I, I may give it. You know, if the story caps me, catches me, then I, I may give it an arc. But if it, if the art, if I don't see any word or news that the artist may yeah. change at some time, at some point soon, that I, I may just back out of it and just say, you know what, I'll let someone else take that one. <laughs> I'm also at a point in my life where, like, 
I, I, I just, I know what I like and, or like, I know what excites me. <laughs> and if I know also what I don't like, it's called and, getting old. Yeah. Ouch, yeah. Ouch. Like, I, look, I look, I look at that justice league incarnate book and I, I, I'm so sorry to our fans of justice league incarnate that are loving the book and love what it looks like. <laughs> But I look at that and I'm like, if I picked up that first issue and I I saw it, mm-hmm. and I, I I would probably just be like, ah, eh, maybe, maybe I'll read it on DC Universe yeah. Unlimited Infinite sometime. But it's not something mm-hmm. that I'm going to spend money on. It's not something yeah. I'm going to keep reading. Also, because there's so many other books that mm-hmm. look like and tell stories that I want to read. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that that's the other thing that I've kind of gotten to as well. But to your question, Melissa, there are books, there there are certain kind of like art styles that will turn me off immediately yeah. and I'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it in the dust. So, you know, you ever have, all right, so do you know how sometimes you look at comics covers and you're like, oh my God, that looks so amazing. Then you open up the book and you're just like, uh, okay, I don't. Yeah, I hate that. I, I was the, because that used to, I that used to, that bait and switch used to get me all the time when I was young, like picking up comics. I'm like, this sucks. I've got an Adam Hughes um, cover and who's this on the inside? Right. Yeah. This sucks. I will say I don't ever have that with static. I, no. I don't. I look at the cover and I'm equally as impressed with what's inside. It's, it's, it's the same thing. So. Well, that was the issue with the Tanahasi Coast cap. Like those sure. covers were fire. It's, Adam, it, it's, right, it, 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 it's Alex Ross, right? Cover after yeah. cover, yeah. Alex Ross. And the yeah, insides yeah. were Leonard Kirk, who's a good artist. Hey, I like I'll Leonard. Leonard I'll look, if it was Leonard Kirk across the whole run, I'd have been happy. That would have been different. fine, yeah. but it wasn't. It wasn't it was Leonard like, Kirk. <laughs> It was in and out. It's like when we finally got Leonard Kirk for the final six issues, it was like finally it stabilized, but it just took so long to get there. And that took so much away from a powerful story because you couldn't deliver the emotional beats of what was happening. Well, that's the thing. The story has the writer, the artist has to fit the writer. Amen. And and when you're just pulling – people in from the bullpen and like you do this issue you do this you do half this issue you do half this issue it just all falls flat and it's not fair to an incredible story yeah and look this is not the 70s or 80s of the marvel bullpen where the guy you went to was sal busema right who could deliver everything and every story completely now it's who who's available to do 12 pages of this we'll do 12 more pages yeah oh or back in the day, they'd have inkers who would ink the entire Joe book. And they, Joe Sinnott, right, yeah. yeah. Joe Sinnott, and they could at least stylize many of the artists to make it flow. Yes. Now it's like, now it's like you do this and you do this, and it's jarring when you go from one page to the other. Okay, well, given that subject, I'm going to do my lightning round next. <laughs> book all of, okay. of this. All about this very topic. Um, But I'll get there in just a second. Um, So uh, I'll just go through some books that I've been reading over the last couple of weeks. Um, I was... I wasn't able to be on the, the show last week, but I really wanted to talk about the new Silk. Yes. Uh, number one about, that dropped two weeks ago. Yeah. So Silk 
Silk has had like four uh, volumes yeah. in like <laughs> it's crazy. So Silk Volume Three ended up being five issues long. I didn't even know it had ended. That was by Maureen Gu and Takeshi Miyazawa with colors yes. by Ian Herring. Miyazawa and Ian Herring, best team ever. Yeah. <laughs> Give it to me for yeah. Anyway, this volume. So that volume, Volume Three, ended I guess back in August September. That was about Cindy Moon Silk. Uh, versus a hungry cat demon. Sure. Um, and she was yeah. juggling her day job at J. Jonah Jameson's blog, Threats and Menaces. <laughs> this volume, this is volume four, a new number one by Emily Kim and Takeshi Miyazawa with colors by Ian Herring. Oh. So the same art team. So it looks just like a continuation, but whatever you want to need number one. Anyway, this one is about uh, Cindy Moon Silk versus literal ancient Korean witches. Sold? <laughs> Sold? It's insane. I don't even understand. Like, like I don't understand this book. I, like, I, it's so fun and weird. Uh, Spider-Man's over there, like, punching lizards and octopuses <laughs> and whatever. And Cindy's over there, like, fighting, like, witches and demons. It's madness. And I love it. It's great. I love the character. Cindy Moon is such a wonderful character. She's, like, these little idiosyncrasies from being locked in a, in a, a, a container for 10 years and missing you know iPads yeah. and iPhones which was great and makes for some really wonderful banter with J. Jonah Jameson it's an awesome book um, I really love the first issue it's got life to it and it's such a great new character um, it, it, she's free of the baggage of 60 years of yes. Peter Parker you know but has the same kind of power sets and foibles and all of that stuff so it's great i really love this first issue emily kim is a tv film writer i think um and i think she's made the jump to comics really well there's a great sense of humor in this i started reading mr miracle the great escape this is one of the latest dc young adult graphic novels about a quarter of the way through it's by varian johnson and daniel uh isles it looks great the writing is Fun. I'm also familiar with the Mr. Miracle character, so I kind of get it. I cannot imagine a middle schooler picking this up and knowing <laughs> what the hell is going on. Like, like it opens and it's like, here we are, and Grand Granny's got the Furies after me, and like, lucky my name's Scott. For and I'm like, I I don't even have any idea what's going on, and I've read Mr. Miracle, so. I think it is a little dense and I'm surprised that they went with it for this kind of line of young adult graphic novels. I'm looking forward to reading the rest and seeing if maybe they, they clear things up, but um, the art's cool. Daniel Isle's got this like Afrofuturist thing going on. It's, it's really cool. Um, but I, I think I need to read more. Um, last week y'all talked about Moon Knight and Steve was like, I want to read some Moon Knight. So I bought the Jeff Lemire ones and I was like, Hey, I've never read those. So I read volume eight, numbers one through 14. This was Jeff Lemire with Greg Smallwood. Um, and then there's additional art for the second arc from Francisco Francavilla, James Stoko, and Wilfredo <laughs> Torres. And each of them do a different identity. Oh, brilliant. It is brilliant. awesome. Francisco Francavilla does uh, the Jake Lockley taxi oh, driver man. stuff. Uh, Wilfredo Torres does the Steve Grant um, movie producer stuff. And then James Stucco does literal Moon Knight. Mark Spector is a space knight fighting lunar <laughs> werewolves. <laughs> and there's this great part where like 
the real Mark Spector is like, where did you come from? And the, and, and the space knight goes like, I don't know. I think I'm new. And I And I was like, I guess Jeff Lemire was doing uh, Trillium or something yeah. at this time. It was kind of doing that same thing. Um, it's incredible. The, the, the 14 issues, I could not stop reading them. They are so wonderful. First of all, Greg Smallwood's art is absolutely stunning. It is mwah, chef's kiss. And actually, just from the trailer – for, that you talked about last week, I think that Lemire's run, I think, is going to inform it a lot. Did you say this um, is volume which I think eight? Is cool. Yeah, volume eight, Moon Knight volume. It goes eight. back a long it way. Is, yeah. Yes, but I haven't actually read a lot of Moon Knight. I did. Re- I read Bendis's, which you know, just because Bendis was writing yeah. everything at the time, and I think that was volume six. Um, and I, I, I dabbled in the Warren Ellis stuff. I didn't really Mench, read a lot Doug of Mench. it. Yeah, yeah, I know the Doug Mensch stuff is, you know, I've been reading Shang-Chi, right. so I know Doug Mensch's style. But uh so but the 14 issues that Jeff Lemire did was incredible. I knew what was going on, even knowing very little about Moon Knight. I his handling of the different identities and their kind of role in the story, it wasn't about it wasn't about Mark being crazy, like which I feel like is something that uh, people are often just like say about him. It's like, oh yeah, it's like crazy Batman, right? Yeah. But that's not really what it is. And I think Lemire has a great handle on it and treats it very delicately and actually makes it this wonderful rabbit hole in which, uh, in which Mark Spector, you know, finds himself by finding the role all of these different identities have in making him who he is. Um, it's really, really incredible. And when it ended at 14, I was so sad uh, because I wanted more of that. I it's He's followed up by Max Bemis and it's okay. I've read about two issues, but already like this, the voice and the style has shifted so much. I, I, I almost like, I couldn't go on. I, I needed to step away from it for a second, but those 14 issues were incredible. And I don't even know if I'm going to read more. I think I'm like, I'm good. Let's get the wow. show, you know? Um, really, really awesome. Um, very quickly at black Panther, number three, this was legacy 200th wow. issue of black Panther. Uh, this is John Ridley with Juan Cabal and Isaiah Mustafa on the main story that continues to Chala's like he, he's got secret agents all around the world and they're all being revealed and targeted by these people. So he's like, we got to run away. Where are we going to run? And they go to Mars and hang out with stores. And it's awesome yeah it's incredible um and there's a backup there's two backups one is from breakout artist nominee juni ba uh that tells an incredible tajala bost story and they hang out in the ancestral plane um with some like trickster anansi stuff going on and another from john ridley with german peralta that introduces a new hero to wakandan lore so really awesome uh black panther issue we're three issues into john ridley's run it's it's cool. I love the world building he's doing. I think Coates's handle of T'Challa as the T'Challa as the lead is better. Is not better. Better is the wrong word. Was more assured than John Ridley's handling of T'Challa. I think John Ridley's world he's building and the other characters around T'Challa are so interesting and really cool. But Coates from the jump was like T'Challa is the lead and this is the voice I'm focusing on. So I'm still waiting for Ridley to kind of lock in on that character, but everything else around it is really cool. Okay, so those are the comments. Here we go. The book I've been reading, <laughs> and this is why I wanted to go next. This is a book by Douglas Welk called All the Marvels. I got it for Christmas. All the Marvels 
Douglas Wolk is a pop culture critic. He's like a music critic. And in 20, like 15, he was like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to read 27,000 Marvel comics (laughs) going back to 1961. I'm going to go back then. I'm going to read 27,000 comics. He read over 540,000 pages of Marvel comics. His last issue is was Marvel Legacy number one back in 2017 when they kind of did that like soft, kind yeah. of, you know, relaunch of everything. Mm-hmm. But then even in the book, he's like, I said that was going to be my end date, but obviously I didn't stop there. <laughs> so he talks about House of X in here. Like he talks about a bunch of things. I'm about 200 pages in. I have not been able to put it down. It's so, 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 so good. Um, he's he, So first of all, let me say this. He does it like he read all the books and he talks about them in a really interesting way. Basically, the first like two or three chapters, he talks about how reading all of this, the, the books, he has locked in on – he used a very interesting phrase to describe it. He said that the Marvel Comics universe represents the longest running – most page count single narrative it's a great american novel right (laughs) yeah well like times literally five hundred thousand, right like like and he he cites some statistics he's like yeah like like the 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 longest like you know greek myth or whatever is like 1500 pages or something this is 500,000 you know if you look at it that way and it's it's a mythology and it's a canon and all those words that we use but fundamentally it is a single narrative that people can pop in into and out of at any point and he also approaches it in a way that i think represents actually kind of what we do on the show and he says straight up he's like you don't start at the beginning you start where it feels right for you You find the story that connects to you and you start there and it will take you backwards and forwards and all around. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Every every comic, it's what Stan and Jack said, every comic is someone's number one, you know? And that's how he approaches it too. So I've read – so basically he's got like – the first couple of chapters are like FAQ, like (laughs) FAQ, what the universe is. And then he has chapters dedicated to like corners of the universe. And the first one, of course, was – the Fantastic Four. And he called it the Junction to Everywhere or something like that, which is straight from one of the books. Junction Junction of Infinity or something. And what he does in these chapters when he talks about the corners is he'll choose issues as kind of like benchmarks. And he'll bounce around sometimes. They won't be entirely chronological. And he'll talk about what happens in that issue and he'll contextualize it in larger trends in the universe and larger trends in the culture and larger trends in the style right, of comics at the time. And I just read the Marvel Mutants one, the Mutants X-Men one. It was like 45 pages worth of writing. And he takes this all over. He spent so much time talking about Claremont, of course. And, uh, you know, it's – and then he has these interludes where he'll talk about Stan, Jack, and Steve. And he'll talk about, you know, um, the MCU. And he'll talk about uh, the Vietnam and, and the role that the war played on the comics and things like that. So it's a great history book. It's a great exploration of all these comics and stories that we love. He had a chapter that I was shocked that he included, but was so impressed that he did, which was like he, the chapter started with, with like when people asked me what was like a hidden gem that I found in my reading, he talked about Shang-Chi, Deadly Hands of Kung Fu. 
And uh, he was like, that book, what Doug mentioned, Paul Galishi did over 10 years, essentially, was a novel, an unheard of novel that was, yes, loaded with problematic From the 70s, right. Absolutely. Of course. And he does not forgive any of that. And he points that out a lot. He says, one of the reasons why you shouldn't start in 1961 is because it's a comic book from 1961 and it has all of the trappings of a comic book from 1961. But he talks about Shang-Chi and he talks about how for all of its kind of foibles, it is a story about a man who is trying to find his way, who has realized that he has done terrible things and is trying to find redemption. And if that's not the foundation of a remarkably emotionally kind of resonant story, then what are you doing? Right. So. You know, I just want to read a couple of quotes from it. It's an incredible book. If you love comics, if you love Marvel comics, but if you love comics in general, I think what Doug Volk does here is, first of all, incredible that he had the time to read all of these things. <laughs> but also, like, it, 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 so much of what he talked about resonated with, I think, what we try to do here on the show when we, when we talk about comics and try to bring comics to people. And there were just two quotes from the beginning that I really, really enjoyed. So at the end of the first chapter, he says, um, as you explore the Marvel story, it becomes another world you can call your own, one that's constantly expanding and full of unfinished wonders. You can no more exhaust its possibilities than the real worlds I have tried. And spending time in that world can make you better equipped to live in the real one, more curious about how its systems fit together, more willing to explore what you don't yet understand and accept that you can't know everything more open to hope in the face of catastrophe, more aware that no matter how overwhelming your own life may seem, it's only part of a much bigger picture. Somewhere Stan, Jack and Steve are crying, Joey. Yeah. And then I, this is the thing that I was like, Oh, I'm going to like this book at the end of the second chapter before he dives into the comics. He says, you could read these comics in any order you like following narrative threads or individual characters or specific creators work, investigating a piece of history that's led to something interesting. You've just seen wandering in any direction as the mood strikes you. You can even do something. No character within the story can do revisit any part of it anytime you want with everything you've read and everything you've become since the first time you saw it, allowing you to get greater joy and deeper understanding out of it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to cry. Yeah. Ooh, it's, it's so good. And like you read it and you're like, wow, this it's a reminder of how wild this thing that we do every week is, you know, like that these stories and these characters to some degree are decades old and there is still a part of them that is connected to that is literally unlike any other medium you know like even james bond even though his movies came out in the 60s has evolved and changed in different ways but those only come out once every five six years these come out every week 15 or 20 of them a week yeah Yeah, exactly so like it's crazy sometimes and we talk about all the time like it's just there's comics there's so many of them and that this book kind of just like is like, all right, I know there's so many of them. So I read them all. It just blows my mind. So I am loving it. It's an incredible read. Uh, I think it's only in hardcover right now, but I really recommend reading it. It's it's really, really awesome. And uh, John, you said you, you were waiting for a copy. Bob, I think yeah, you yeah, really, definitely. really love the book too. So that's my lightning round. It was about 10 minutes long, but whatever. I wasn't here last week. There you go. <laughs> Shaza, damn. 
<laughs> Just as you say, Joey, we speak about this all the time, but the history of comics and how it all plays together and the growth of characters through these decades and so on. You mentioned Shang-Chi. Luke Cage is created at the same time. Was a black exploitation character. He was shafted as a superhero. But now, 50 years out, what does that character He's mean? He's one of her mayor. Yeah. <laughs> as he should. And those, this mythology is so beyond what I'm sure what Stan and Jack and Steve and John Buscema and all the rest of them back then, Don Heck and Wallywood, would have ever thought of. It's billion-dollar movies and a culture that has changed around. It wasn't cool to be a nerd in 1971 when you're reading Marvel comics just starting to change. And now it's the basis of a cinematic universe that everyone embraces that now hopefully kids are getting back into through the young adult product and so on. Yeah. Stan, Jack and Steve are really happy somewhere. Yeah. And the book doesn't shy away from, you know, those, the, the complicated relationships between those guys, you know, in the sixties and seventies doesn't shy away from some of those, you know, tropes and stereotypes that looking back are, are tough to kind of get through now. Doesn't shy away from some of the, the, the kind of transformation of the medium from a very kind of, uh, you know, especially those early chapters. Uh, he mentioned several times, like you were supposed to read a comic and then, put it in the trash or leave it at the barbershop or hand it over to somebody else. Right. Like that collector mentality that kind of, in some ways put up gates. Um, uh, he, he's actually kind of critical of, you know, he's like, this isn't a gatekeepy thing. It, it never was meant to be. It was meant to be something that was shared. It's meant to be something that was tossed away. It was meant to be something that like the stories were, it was pop. It was pop, you know, mm-hmm. it was meant to be read and dispersed you know not gates weren't supposed to go up and i think that that's another thing that that he's really um he again really resonated with what we were we're talking about here so well we've talked yeah. a long time about a lot of this but when you look at your fantastic forum where that started early on they wanted sue to be a part of the team and yet she was fainting or a captive every other issue as <laughs> trina robbins described she has these Victorian powers where she uses them too much and she faints. But you have a run from about issue 35 to 70 that are all interconnected. There are three and a half years uh-huh. of stories that all matter piece by piece in the same way the Harry Potter novels grew with their audience or, or push yeah. their audience forward. So did Stan and Jack and Steve. It's great to like, I just read the X-Men chapter and you know, it's hard. We, we, you know, every week we talk about single issues, but you know, if you go back and you read 30 years worth of X-Men comics, because it's your job (laughs) to write a book about it. He's like, it's funny because all X-Men stories since dark Phoenix and days of future past are either dark Phoenix or days of future past. Mm -hmm. Like, Every X Men story is some variation of either of those. Burn we're doing right? then, yeah, 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 and it's like, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, holy shit, he's right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Age of Apocalypse is just a long market driven 
Days of Future Past storyline. <laughs> Holy shit, you know, like it's 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 crazy. But you know, that's that's something that I, as the English teacher here, uh, that's something that I really like about this book too. It's like trying to parse out those meta narratives that these comics, this universe in particular, has kind of um, uh, uh, fallen into as 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 it's gone over its tenure um, on the stage. So cool. Thank you, Joey. Yeah, yeah. Now, now I'm hooked. Totally. Gotta read this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that he's done my he... life work in like, or yeah. year. <laughs> no, he, yeah, he's like, done my whole I was ch- gotta write this book. John, he's done my whole childhood. Now I gotta read I the know. book about it. <laughs> well, the problem is like, there are like, so the first few chapters, I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. So like Spider-Man, well, that's the thing. Like I talked about this on the show a couple of weeks ago. I was like, I just can't read Spider-Man. Like I love the character of Peter Parker. I get it. I understand his narrative. Like I understand why he's such an important character. But every time I try to read Amazing Spider-Man, I just can't. And May's dying. I, can't, <laughs> yeah. I know. Like I can't do it. So what he does is he takes amazing spider-man and he synthesizes it down and he talks about like the four great kind of movements that have happened in peter park's narrative over the course of the last 60 years and i'm like thanks doug you laid it out for me i I don't gotta read those books now you know but then he talks about other things and i'm like oh actually maybe i will go back and i'll read that arc or like i'll read that story and that's really kind of what he says in the book too he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna hit you with these benchmarks i'm gonna hit you with these like key issues you could read some of them. You could read none of them. You could read them in order. You could read them backward. It doesn't matter. And that's the point. Like, just like when they first came out and you picked it up at the at the barbershop or the library yep. or the train. Exactly. You picked it up wherever you were, whenever you were, whoever you were, and you just started there. And I was like, you know what, Doug? I'm it. Um, so I'm I'm really enjoying it. I'm looking forward to finishing. I'll probably finish it in the next week. I, I, it's, it's the only thing I'm reading right now. Um, but it's fantastic. Um, Bob, I think you're I, left. I, I, am left. I, I am going to say one thing before I begin. I'm really unhappy that no one talked about Thor 21. <laughs> I haven't read it yet. I haven't read it yet. Okay. There's a whole Mjolnir thing that makes me really aggravated. So, okay, maybe, maybe next week we'll talk about it. Oh wait! Can he Ooh. not lift it again? Oh, stop. I'm not saying I. This yes, it's a whole worthy thing, and yeah, I'm really aggravated. We'll talk about it. All right, John, we have to go in. He for should next. just All right. yeah. a mission. Eric. He should just get it surgically attached. Oh, to it's Donny Cates. It's Donny Cates. A lanyard would that be great. That would be really bad if he wasn't able to lift it. If but only he could take a little blue pill. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. That's. If you live, or maybe like, bro, like maybe Mjolnir's not your thing anymore. Mjolnir, <laughs> maybe maybe Mjolnir's over you. You know, maybe. Yeah. Well, I think it's that's not me, it's you. <laughs> yes, uh, we just want to be friends. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that's where we're at with Donny Cates at this point, and I'll just leave it for he next should. Uh, he should do a scourge thing and get two big old machines yeah. <laughs> that shoot little Mjolnirs that he makes himself so he knows he's worthy. But also, isn't he the all-father? Shouldn't he be worth Anyway, exactly. that's, Bob, that's part of the issue. Yeah. Yes, Bob, that's in story part of the issue. I think he should the, go the Evil Dead style and put like, laser chainsaws on his hands. Yes! Yes! Cut off his hand, which he's lost once before, right? Like Aquaman. Hey, hey don't give these he ideas the to kids for free. Yeah, you're, you're very true. Very true. 
Coach is just right. lucky we didn't get to him at, at NYCC because I think Bob would have had. Oh, words. I would have had words, many words in capital letters and bold and italics. Anyway, okay. So I'm going to apologize in advance for the dour cast of what's going to happen, but here we go. The Batman Catwoman special by Tom King kind of wasn't. <laughs> Particularly at a $9.99 price tag. At one level, it's an interesting new version of Selena's life's journey. But did we really need another one? Beyond that, this would have been a nice little coda to the interminably delayed finale of the Batcat Mini. As opposed to it coming out now, delayed as it is itself. Look, as a consumer... I appreciate the tribute pages to the recently deceased John Paul Leon, who drew the first two-thirds of the story and whose breakdowns provide the framework for the rest. Look, half of this issue is taken up with those tributes and an old story. I'm sorry. For 10 bucks, I needed more story and less other stuff. Ah, Wonder Girl number seven is the last issue of this abruptly canceled series, which considering all the delays, some creator related, some not, it might clear the way for Yara Floor to have a brighter future in the DCU. I've really enjoyed what Joelle Jones has set up here in terms of Yara's character and her relationships with the other tribes of the Amazons. Uh, so the upcoming Trial of the Amazon story arc blasted mini event will supposedly allow Ms. Jones to finish up what she started. Uh, look, uh, the the art here by Lelo De Luca and Jordi Belair, awfully good, but I, I'm tired of delays and thrown together events. Blah! All right, Nubia and the Amazons, number four of six by Stephanie Williams, Vida Ayala, Aletha Martinez, Daryl Banks, Mark Morales, Romulo Fajardo Jr., and apparently they didn't have a letterer. I guess the letters all appeared by themselves. Look, anyway, this gets heavily into the Themyscirian political intrigue regarding Doom's doorway, which will be a big part of the aforementioned Trial of the Amazons. Can we see a thread here? Is this an event we're all paying for ahead of time? Uh, look, I can't say for certain. This issue was very dense with exposition, almost as if, well, the creators needed to get a lot of information packed into a shorter run than they really thought they were allotted. Look, this also had delays that might have it setting up, butting up maybe against the start of this event, in air quotes. Look, now to me, never mind density. I always loved old as old books. We talked about Claremont before. But here it just came off forced. Finally! Wonder Woman 783 by Becky Cloonan, Michael W. Conrad, Marcio Takara, Tamra Bonvion, and they had a letterer named Pat Brousseau, and their main story features a Golden Age guest star in a raucous battle issue. That is fun, although not exactly earth-shattering, but whose second story is The Road to the Trial of the Amazons. It's by Vita Ayala and Skylar Petridge, and it does start to knit knit together the threads from Wonder Girl and Nubia that we can see the thrust of that upcoming arc, which, look, it, it does interest me. Although DC's pronouncement, 
It's like a Marvel thing. It's changing Wonder Woman's world forever. Maybe you should have left that in the pitch meeting. I'm sorry. I'm done. <laughs> it was a rough week. Rough, rough week, week for Bob. Bob. There. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I hate to see Bob salty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wow. It's hard because, like, you were in a corner of the universe there that is clearly <laughs> – is clearly built it towards something of not of interest. No. So all three books were on the same <laughs> <Yes>. topic. <laughs> Man. And, and John, though, you read Batwoman, Batman, Catwoman. Maybe should have been Batwoman and Catman. I'd have been happier. I don't know. I'm, I sadly missed John Paul Leon and I wish he would have finished this. And I just, I don't understand the point of this story <laughs> anymore. I don't understand the point of this mini series or maxi series. I, I, the only thing I hope is with a ten dollar entry fee and the reprints that some of that money is going to John Paulion's family. There you go. Um, and and that was that was really the drawing factor. I no longer care about the story. <laughs> so you're on board with I, me. Thank you, John. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't, and then the last page, I'm just like, eh. Yeah, yeah. Am I supposed to be blown away? I don't care. Like one of the characters is, or am I just, <laughs> I don't know anymore. Do, do you remember why they bumped the Batcat stuff from the main book? Well, because yeah, he got fired, basically. He right? got yeah. fired, and they yeah they said you can finish out your run here in Black Label, and it won't matter because he wanted all this to be canon, and DC's like, no, we're not, we're not doing that. So go to Black Label <laughs> and do a do a Christmas story over three years. <laughs> three Christmases, please load it into a canon and shoot it somewhere. Yes. I'm done. Well, I'm done, and I have a, a I have time. another one this week coming up. Another four dollars I can waste. Jesus. <laughs> okay. Well, well, on to the main event, yeah. I guess. Well, good stuff. Or, or Aaron, Aaron has thoughts on Wonder Woman. Aaron, 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 Aaron has, has some Wonder Woman thoughts. <laughs> so Wonder Girl. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I love the art, obviously. I love some of the relationships that were created. I loved um, some of the takes on the gods and, and all that stuff. I do not know what story I was supposed to be following. <laughs> so I love the parts. Um, I don't know what the parts were supposed to make. But I feel like that's probably an indicative of the fact that it was cut cut short. Yeah. Uh, um, go ahead, no, it, It'll end up in Trial of the Amazon's Wonder Girl. <laughs> Oh yeah, it was kind of like I was like, huh, okay, well this is abrupt, but so Wonder Woman, I don't know, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know where I am on that because I, I'll be honest, I love the buddy cop thing with her and Dead Man. That's sort of just I really enjoy that for some reason. I don't know why they're an unlikely. Obviously because of the Justice League Dark connection. I'm, yeah, I'm there with them, so I like that. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I'm I'm still sort of sussing it out. That was just sort of like an odd experience. Because I read 82 and 83 together. And that was just an odd experience. Because I didn't know where they were going. In the one issue when they were going to, you know, what's-his-face-his-grave. I was like, okay. 
I thought this was a mission. You mean you really just went out, did all that just to lay a sword? That's all it was. Yeah. Meanwhile, people are dying yeah. back in DC. <laughs> what yeah. are you? What are you doing? And poor Edda is in like, charge of all of DC, yeah. apparently. Uh, exactly. I was just like, I'm confused at the priorities here. But whatevs. Nubia and the Amazons. First of all, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> check your chats is all I'm yeah. saying because I I was struggling with this black woman saying sweet sugar grits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was Luke Cage in 1972, right? Yeah. It is, it is 2022, right? Yeah. I was like, what the sep and fetch it hell is going yeah. on in this book right now? <laughs> because I saw that and I'm like, what? Why? Why? Why would we do that? And I was like, um, all right, you sort of just took us out. Now, again, I feel here's what I think should have probably happened with all of these books, to be honest with you. They should have just been written because they're clearly all going towards the same story. They all we have all these these tribes of Amazons who think that they should be number one. Mm-hmm. And they're all basically gonna fight for it. Um for di- in different ways, for different reasons. This really should have just been like a multi-volume single story, to be honest with you, because Trying to mix and match all that into they, I just seem like the writers weren't clever enough to mix it, mix it all into into individual right. stories and make it all connect. They they don't connect. But the tribes of the honestly, Amazons came together much better in Historia. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I'll be honest with you, I like the backup stories. Yes, in the back of those um, books then better than actually like the main story that's happening right now. Um, but yeah, the Nubia book, I don't know what it's for. Um, I don't know what it's doing. The whole book has been them questioning Nubia. A lot I've of that. The whole book. Well, she's a the new queen, so I guess the person on the throne gets the most challenge. But I think she deserves the throne and should have not quite been so on the edge from everybody else. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what one, what the Wonder Woman corner of the universe is trying to give us. Um, and I might return to sender. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm not thrilled, John. Have you read any of this? No. Good for you. I'm w- good for you. I'm w- I have all the Wonder Girl. I was kind of waiting till it's done, and now I'm just kind of thinking maybe I I'll just be done. It's done. It's done. <laughs> I think and it's worth it. reading. Don't get me. Wrong. I think the one of all yeah, of them, Wonder Girl, Wonder Girl, yeah. is worth reading. Definitely worth reading. Um, I yeah. again, like I said, I loved all the parts. I don't know if there were enough issues to come into a story that mattered. Again, this was supposed did, to be I, an ongoing, but once the TV show got canned, that was the end of Wonder Girl. Oh, no. I just yeah. felt bad that Joelle Jones did like issues one and two and then was just writing it. In, in even though the art was good, it just it wasn't, wasn't Joelle Jones. And it feels like the same well, thing they did on Catwoman. It's like they give, give her a book and then they pull her in like five different directions yeah, when they just just let her do the book, it's surprising to me because the three creative teams mm-hmm. on these three books mm-hmm. are awesome, yeah. you know. And it's I wonder if it's like what well, we need Editorial to do this interference. Yeah, that yeah. also or, made know. me question the sweet sugar grits. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, was that was that like set in the past? Yes, it's set in the seventies. It is okay. Yeah. I've never in my life heard sweet sugar grits. Do you think you think Vita's coming at it with a bit of uh, a bit of sauce on that one? 
They're like, they're like, oh, you want me to write this story? Okay. Yeah, it could be. I'll, I'll, I'll throw this line in there. It could be, to be very honest with you. I was just like, I, I'm not prepared for that one. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you look at a book like Abbott that we all love, that takes place in that period that can be done, period, authentic and modern at once, and there isn't that disconnect. You can do it. I, th- I think Vita just went, yeah, uh, up yours. Because <laughs> <laughs> Vita's over there doing right, stuff. Right. Like, yeah. free from that, you know, with the whole different Her X-Men kind of editorial stuff, right. stuff on that one. It's, yeah. 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 Bob, well, New Mutants is fire, right. so you better get on that book if you're not reading it. <laughs> Bob, somebody, um, somebody remind me, who's Cassie's father? Zeus. No, that's a great No, father. it's Ares. Oh, right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. It is Ares. Yes. Okay, because I couldn't remember. She kept saying, she called, she's like, Zeus, Pop-Pop? Yes, that's <laughs> right, yeah. Called, she called him Pop-Pop. I'm like, okay, really? <laughs> but, well, that would be her grandfather, so yeah. yeah. Sure. I was like, wow. I did, I couldn't remember who her father was. Okay. Yeah, I think Jeff I Johns that. did that, didn't he? Yeah. Mm. I, I, at least she looks like Wonder Girl and not, you know. Yeah. Well, at least they got rid of that <laughs> New 52 version. Cause that yeah, oh, Oh, the Kenneth Warcraft, yeah. yeah, yeah, with the the invisible armor that she was wearing that would make that was excruciating, but gave her her powers. Yeah, good times. The, the yeah. Sith is Conrad and Clunan were doing better at Wonder Woman, and I think yeah. this lead up to this event has definitely short circuited where they were headed. That's a bummer. Yeah. Anyway, I'm done with Wonder Woman now. I'm, I mean, I'm done talking about it. <laughs> can't quit her no <laughs> is it time it's time it's time it's time, it's time. At long last years in the making the test. at long last hazel and her star-crossed family Woo! are finally back and here to kick off a new story arc so where the hell have they been blah 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 blah, blah. just more pulse pounding adventure heart-wrenching character drama and gloriously graphic sex and violence <laughs> As Saga begins the second half of the series and the most epic chapter yet. The Saga series has sold over 6.8 million copies to date across all formats. Has been It's been translated into 20 languages? Whoa, that's cool. Um, yeah, okay. So that was a solicit from Image. Uh, Saga 55. Saga has finally hit the stands. Fiona Staples getting top billing. Did anybody else catch that? that. that Fiona awesome. Staples getting top billing. Brian K. Vaughn. Um, has returned. We all know how 54 ended. I didn't. I did not. Oh, you no. did It was one of how our best of issues, Bob. I... Did you null vote that one? <laughs> you probably did. You probably null voted that one, and that's why it didn't win that <laughs> oh year, God. and that's why Melissa left the show. I'm sorry. I'm fault, sorry. <laughs> you, you dishonored Marcos. name. <laughs> <laughs> Um, now, in all serious, it's been a very, very long time since we've had some saga, and I feel like we've all just been w- waiting for this um, for so long. I read it. I think we all we all read it. Aaron read all of it. Fifty <laughs> issues of it to, to get ready for it. Um, but Melissa, you're you're here on the show to talk about it. So, how, how, what did you think of Saga Fifty Five? Did it did it was it everything you wanted and more? How did it go for you? <sighs> um. Yeah, oh no. I mean, oh it's no. no, no, no. I loved it. I loved it. I uh, saga is 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 always a love hate thing, right? It's always a love hate relationship. Like I love it so so much, 
but it makes me feel horrible sometimes. <laughs> it just crushes me sometimes. Um, I've been crushed for like two years now, waiting to see what's going to happen next. Um, and that this issue is very much that for me. Like, I don't know. How, how careful do I have to be about spoilers here? Spoiler warning. Three, one, two, go. one. Spoiler Say what you want. Warning. I'm not good at not spoiling things. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, obviously it delivers in all of the things that you expect Saga to, which is like blatant sex and violence and um, things that you don't expect to see on a comic book page. Um, it does that right away. Uh, there was... Uh, how can I say this? Um, I felt conflicted about some of, the, some of the places that the characters are at now because mm. uh, Saga, Saga came out in 2012 which was the year that I was getting ready to become a mom. And so oh. this book was like, like hit my life in exactly the right moment to just like grab my heart. And, um, and now obviously we're picking this up in a totally different place. Like Hazel is, she's like, she's not war torn, but like, she's, um, she's not a, a child anymore, you know, mm. just like this, this, the thing that she goes through right at the beginning of this book is just like, Oh man, she just like, watch this person explode and then walked away like it was an everyday thing um and that was kind of startling for me it was like oh she's not like hiding anymore and she's not you know she's part of this world now 100 percent. she's not a baby anymore um i was really excited to see the will because he's one of my favorite characters mm -hmm. but i also really <laughs> wanted to just punch him yeah, of course <laughs> you know like i love that character and they you know they kind of softened you up to him um at the end of of this yeah. series where it stopped and then he goes and pulls out the skull and i was like oh you son of a bitch exactly <laughs> oh, exactly oh, but you know all of these things are exactly what saga excels at is like warming you up and making you feel all good yeah. and nice and then going oh and just punching you in the gut it's like oh um, so it's, it's perfect. I mean, I think it's, it's exactly what Saga was, but it's grown up and become something fresh and different too. And yeah. so I think that that is going to carry it, um, and hopefully win it even more new, you know, new fans. Um, there were some surprises in this. I didn't expect to see the little robot. I don't know. Aww. I don't know Aww. what I thought would happen, but I just didn't expect to see him there. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, he had a very, like, emotional turn at the end of that last one, too. So, um, and obviously Fiona Staples' artwork is just, like, everything. Is it is it even yeah. better than it was before? Which is hard to believe, but I, I, I really think it is. Um, I mean, the color work is definitely something different. Um, it's always been amazing, but there's something in the color work this time that just, it, it maybe it's more refined, it's like that's the perfect word. Know, I think it is. Yes. Yeah. There's the the page um, where they they pull out and they show you um, the ship that they live in. Yeah. And mm -hmm. Hazel flying over the top of it, and it's just stunning. It's like yeah. the sun yeah, setting behind yeah. it, and it's like wow. Okay. Yeah. That's like that's what Fiona Staples does perfectly. Is she does like both soft and clean and polished at the same exact time, really, really beautifully. Um, mm -hmm. but I don't know. I, I loved every bit of it. Um, even though I felt angry and annoyed on a couple of things, but like, then I got to the end of it. I was like, that's exactly how saga always makes me feel. So it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a logical extension though. It is, as you say, aggravating. It's, Oh, don't go there. Please don't be there. 
Well, oh, he brought out that skull. Yeah. I was like, that motherfucker. I know. I was like, oh yeah, the wheelchair. <laughs> Lion Cat. Lion Cat Lion is Cat. like, oh, Lion Cat is everything. And and then he pulls out the skull, and I was like, oh, I wish I could kick you in the balls right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then his balls are out right yeah. away. Oh, just, God. That scene, that that scene, scene felt... Mm. That scene felt very extra to me. Yes. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. There was a. It was a lot. Aaron, you read fifty issues wow. of Saga to prepare for this. So, so how how did this go for you? So I think it was. I. I it's probably a little bit different for me because uh, everything was so fresh as the next thing was happening. Um, because it was literally like just go straight to the next thing, just keep going, keep going, keep going. I it's interesting that you say the will is your favorite. I never warmed. <laughs> I never ever did. I warmed to the role that he played in the story, but I never warmed to him like I was rooting for him. I was on the fence about um, uh, what's it, Gwendolyn? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I was like, but that scene where Gwendolyn uh, meets what's I'm sorry, I dumbing up no. Uh, Michael's wife. What's your name? Alana. I'm sorry. Alana, thank you. When they meet uh, and they're going back and forth and back and forth, I'm like, ooh, look at you being all <laughs> like extra. I'm like, I don't feel about you right now. Um, this sort of doubled down, this issue sort of doubled down on that for me. I was like, all right, you are clearly positioned in the side of the, the world that I don't like. Yeah. Um, now, when they were doing that whole that whole relationship between her and Sophie, I'm like, okay, she's, oh, yeah. she's a little something. But after that, I was sort of like, nope, yeah, you're kind of a bitch. I don't like you. I'm not really, not really, not really feeling you because you just laughed when someone pulled a skull out, mm-hmm. like like burst into laughing. I'm like, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Other thing is Hazel wearing Yeezys. I feel like she's she could wearing, be. <laughs> I feel like she's wearing Yeezys in this issue. She's cool enough to. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But to your other point, uh, Melissa, when you know when you point out that she watched that woman get blown up, she actually makes a statement about wondering why she isn't more emotional. Like when she when she's looking at the boots? you know whatever Prince, yeah, when she's <laughs> looking at Prince, whatever. No, no, oh. she's looking at uh, the fact that he hasn't spoken, you know, since you know the the event. Yes, uh, and you know he's had such an emotional impact on him. She her question herself was why doesn't it have as big a one on me. You know, so I think they're going to. Exp- I got the. I get the impression they're going to explore why she's not experiencing the, yeah. the trauma. Yeah, so yeah. why did I feel so little? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kind of feel like that's going to be a topic that comes up a little bit later. Um, yeah, I was kind of like uh, when I picked this up, when I started going through this. I don't know. I didn't know if I expected it to pick up like you know right after that event or whatever. Um, I I gotten accustomed to that little band of characters mm-hmm. that had come together and now this is like a new band of characters and mm-hmm. i don't know i feel like i miss, I almost felt like i actually went back and asked myself did i actually read it all or did i miss an issue somewhere or yeah. did i you know did i did i miss a, a volume somewhere i literally went back i'm like did i get them all okay I got um, them. yeah it definitely feels like we took a two-year break and we're there's a little bit of a jump well, new characters, cleaner style, you know, a little bit older. The time jump is yeah. three years, right? Yeah. 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 Hazel's 10, I guess, at this point. Somewhere in there. Nice. But you, you I, I felt like Gwendolyn was a little, like, severe. Yeah. That was a little. One thing that I didn't like was I always knew that she wasn't a good character, but I didn't totally want her to be a villain either. 
that scene like, that uh, scene between her and the will was the only scene from the whole book i was like this is too much it didn't have to happen it yeah. was kind of yeah i was she, just like she just i feel was like, like really really ugly yeah, I, I couldn't remember her being that cold. Me either. Like I couldn't remember, and I also couldn't remember her just being like, "Get that <laughs> yeah. out here!" I was like, "What?" That was a 180 because she was before she was like, "You will never touch me." Yes, I mean maybe that was um, their way of like showing her growth, right? That she's kind of become, she's had to change and like get harder to survive and to get ahead. Good point. Well, actually, he got harder. Um, john what did you think uh i i usually read saga and trade but i decided to jump in because it's been almost three years i would say that it took me a little i I had to read it twice it took me a while to get back into the feel for things and kind of remember who everybody was but but i enjoyed it i enjoyed the growth of characters i'm glad that they didn't just pick up right after that final scene that Bob didn't read. Yes. Um, <laughs> and and uh, I almost feel like with everything that, that, you know, we've seen things like in our own world, like in Syria and other places, the, the desensitization to violence, I, I feel like that's where the story could go with Hazel. And I'm really, really interested in that. And I think that this creative team is the one who can tell a powerful story like that. So I'm, I'm really happy it's back. And I know that they're planning on a hundred issues. So as we get into the second half of the story, I'm, I'm really excited to see where it goes. I don't know if I'll read it month to month or if I'll wait till trade again, but I, I am glad it's back. I'll have to read it month to month or I'll be shamed again. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same okay. yeah. You will. Yeah. Oh, you will. Um, so Bob, did you go back and read fifty four and then jump in yes. fifty five? And shocking, <laughs> and, and also it got spoiled for me by somebody whose name I won't mention. It's from two and a half years. I ago. know, but I was I was behind <laughs> then, which is why I was where I was. And so well, well, it happens right after. I can. Was we're, that me? We're just yeah, no, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it's it's right after Marco dies. What? I didn't read that issue. Oh. <laughs> There's some listener out there going, what? what? Wait, Marco died? I don't know. It was, it, was, it was years ago. But I felt that I could pick up just where I left off. In essence, that these characters were all still there. But I miss Isabel. I love that little half ghosty yeah. babysitter kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> love yeah. that whole family. Damage. You're saying that band of, of rebels that we had before. But you can't tell that same story across 10 years and 100 issues. No. It needs to grow, it needs to change, and I remember. Yeah, these people are in different places than they were. This so this is war. It changes everyone. I remember oh what my. scene actually broke me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do remember. Um, Curdy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I was just yep. gonna say with the I believe, I believe. I was like, dear God, I can't, I cannot. Mm-hmm. I, I watching that happen. I was, I almost had to like turn. I had, I had to put it down for a second. Because that, that, oh my God, that. What beautiful, I remember that spread. I remember that splash page, oh pun intended. Um, I remember that, that page. It's it's beautiful. Going back to yeah. Fiona Staples. It's, it's crazy now talking about 55, all of those little moments that like I forgot. It's all coming back to me. Mm-hmm. Like all those little scenes are just coming back. When that little girl looks up oh. and she's like 10 or six or nine. And she's like, yeah, this is the, this is the, 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 
the victim of the thing. And I was like, Jesus Christ, like that. But this is a book that is allowed to evolve and get rid of those characters. And that effect is seen on Hazel, who's our protagonist. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and her little pal, you know, it, it, it that, had been three that, years since my father was murdered. Yeah. Yeah. It just throws you know, it out the, there. The, the little band of misfits in the treehouse rocket ship. It's crazy that this is the same book, you know, from from all those years ago. But it's it's no surprise that 55 does feel different in so many ways, because losing Marcos, I think, changes, changes the tenor of the book, changes the characters. You have to evolve past that. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, right, what what else was the option was like for us to watch Alana and Hazel grieve? Like nobody wanted to watch that. Nobody no. wants to see that. Yeah. No. We, I, I don't know if you guys oh, remember, but we also saw Hazel meet her brother that never was born. Yeah. Yes. Like, oh, like oh, that wow. moment tore me in, t- in half. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so Hazel's been through more than just war. You know, she's been through loss. She's been through, she lost her, the babysitter, you know, she like, she's lost so every person that's come into her life. That's been safety for her has been taken away. Um, which I think mm. is interesting. I'm thinking about it now with Alana too, is like Alana was shocking too. Just like the first time we see her, she's just got her boobs out, yeah. like screaming at a crowd, Yeah, which Selling is kind formula. of the same way that she entered in the first, the very first That's issue. True. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. but like what else do you, you know, what I, I don't want to see Alana fall apart either. You know? No. Yeah. I didn't want to see her. Well, I think Marco. she's uh... she has a new mission. I wanted to see revenge. I think we'll get back. You might still get yeah. it. We've got at least 50, pay, 50 issues still to go. And we have pirates and smugglers and stuff going on. I don't on know there. about the new guy. No, He's no, they're drug dealers. Bombazine? I kind of like guy. him. Yeah. I liked him. I need to be sold on him. Okay. Yeah. I I, I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I still miss the grandmother. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 What happened to her? What, she, what happened to her? She stayed in prison. Yeah. Uh, and then the other friend uh, that you know was supposed to marry Prince. Yeah, Mark, Prince Robot. Yeah, yeah. the, tra- the trans uh, friend of theirs, right? <laughs> yeah, I can't yes. think of her name either. She was great. Yeah, I guess I got to go back and read. I know a volume. <laughs> and what happened to Goose the Seal? Where, where, where's, where are they? I'm sure he's out there. Yeah, there's he's got the big comeback. Yeah. He's got a herd to take care of. That's true, but you yeah. know, he's got this herd to take care of too. We're gonna get a message that's like, you guys don't remember? Goose got brutally murdered in issue forty six. <laughs> that's not in my notes. I don't remember that. I know. No, it's hard. Yeah, fifty five issues. Wow. Mm-hmm. We grew up with this oh, book. Crazy. This started when we did, right? In essence, when was the first you know, issue of the year? Yeah. yeah. It's probably one of the first, like, indie mainstay books. Yeah, because we were never on Walking Dead, really. We read it here and there, but it never became a thing of the show. Saga did. I've read read all of Walking Dead, and I love Walking Dead, but uh, Saga... Saga's in color, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, saga's, saga's, saga's on another level. It just does things that no other book does. Is it, does it well. You know, is it still and now though? Is Saga it is still now? now? The oh, no, no, no. Oh, I mean, is it is it still now on another level? Because I, I was thinking about that as mm. I was reading it. I was like, mm. at the time, 
that this book was coming out, there were not a lot of stories being told that would take that extra step and go further and do those things. There were not a lot of those books. I think out. There so were. this was an outlier. This was, I, think- I, I think it still is. I think it's still now. I think it's still a masterclass in what Fiona and Brian are Particularly doing. as a long form narrative. That's the thing. I think that those, the books that are kind of as fantasy driven or edgy or like, you know, exploring similar themes and, and peoples and things like that, you get five issues. You get 10 issues, 55 and it's still going. Yeah. I think that, I think that, I think that puts it on another level. And I think I, it's, it's telling how people, people were like losing their minds. This is coming back. Other books yes. go away for two and a half years. They don't find their footing when they come back. This people, if they come, yeah, back. if they come back at all, people are, you know, losing their freaking minds that saga is finally back. Remember when the solicit came out? And people were like, no, this can't be real. This can't be it. And it it's here. And I, I think that Vaughn and, and Staples are probably one of the best creative partnerships in the history of comic books at this point. It's interesting. As it's, I read this in all the one chunk, uh, I, or two chunks, I guess, over two days, I definitely saw influences um, on risk-taking in books that have come out over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that I don't know if I, I don't, I think this book, this series probably opened the door to. Uh, yeah. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's also, it's also outlasted a lot of the books that mm-hmm. were its contemporaries. Yeah. I think deadly class came back to do a couple of like final hurrah issues. And oh, just no, hold on reading. my friend. I'm still reading that. That's <laughs> it's got it's over. No, the no, 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 it's it's last, last week. No, the last arc just started. It goes to like 52. Oh, okay, 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 okay. But like Deadly Cloud, like uh, the book I was thinking about when I was like, you know, never comes back, Morning Glories was one oh, of yeah. its kind of like yeah. contemporaries as well, which was doing a lot of similar kind of like mm-hmm. groundbreaking narrative stuff. Remember Lazarus um, and the big never, story arc of yeah. Lazarus? And now it went to quarterlies and now it's kind of faded away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot mm-hmm. of them have kind of kind of uh it, it's outlasted and managed to continue yeah. its narrative in a meaningful way um walking dead ended you know like so it's 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 i think it's still i think it still carries that that oomph Remember it was kind of it was kind of the <laughs> it was right there at the birth of like the image renaissance of, of yeah. finding its new footing yeah. And it's, I think it's, it's probably going to pave a way for an, another renaissance of image because image has kind of gotten, I don't want to say stale, but it, it it's, it's just kind of repetitive. Like a lot ah. of the books have been repetitive of sorts or everybody's kind of trying to tell the same story. It feels yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. You remember how we used yeah. to all line up to, for an image number one? Yeah. Not anymore. Not no, for a long time. I do yeah. still sift through what's coming out in image because you will find a gem in there. Don't oh yeah, wrong. Department of Truth, but Radiant Black, exactly. Mm-hmm. But it used to be the case that if an image number one was coming out, it was like just like a given you were going to read it, even if you only read that one. You and know, remember that give it a shot. And I always bought image first trades because they were always like ten bucks, and I always yep, I always bought them and gave them a whirl. Kudos to Image for being like, hey, here's 40 pages, 299. Yeah. Thanks for waiting yeah. three years oh on, God, on yeah. Saga 55. Wait, that was great. That was another thing that made me go back. I'm like, wait, is this the right one? Because why is this on 299? <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I was like, I'm like, is wait, from is this three years uh, ago? 
Yeah, I was. I started. You were I like, went, I was ready to spend eight dollars on this. I book. really was. I literally went back <laughs> in the comics aisles and I was just like, wait, is there a fifty-six or seven that I'm? That's going to be the seven dollar book. Okay, this is Joey, uh, how much is fifty six? Did anybody see how much fifty six? Eighteen dollars, all two nights. Yeah, I was gonna say thirty dollars. Yeah. We're going to start talking Batman, Catwoman. Hey, hey, hey! Here. <laughs> <laughs> Saga fifty six. I think they're all two ninety nine. Two ninety nine. Wow. Hold, holding the line at two ninety nine. I'll be holding out for that fifty dollar hardcover. Omnibus <laughs> to my collection. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you know the solicitor for fifty five said the second half. So mathematically speaking, we could be looking at another fifty. They're saying one awaits the finale. I'm down for that, yeah, man. I'm good. Let's do it. I think, but that means five more years of saga. No, no five delays. Years of show. No delays. <laughs> I think that. I think that the reason that Saga has continued so long, and I think the reason it's going to continue to do so well, is because it um, it really spreads across such a huge demographic of people, of readers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you guys, but one of my favorite things to do is giving advice to people who don't read comics about what to read, to like mm. to start reading comics. Um, it's it's like this it's an, a little bit of an ego thing of like oh I can find the book that's going to get them into comics you know and Saga is a guaranteed read for anybody I've I've given it to people that are twenty years younger than me people that are older than me people that have never seen a comic in their life people that have no interest in space but it's a classic it's a classic story told in so many different ways just you're saying it is space it is science fiction it is sexy it is all those things that you could find an audience for everything that's in this book somewhere but it's also like oh sorry no i was just gonna say i had to save my librarian because she was uh looking at graphic novels to add to the library and i'm like you cannot add saga (laughs) you can't well they always put the graphic novels they always put the graphic novels in the like teen yeah, section because they're the comics for kids, right? And I'm like, Saga does not go in the young adult section no. of the library. You're going to find some 14-year-old kid who's like, oh my God, I got to check this one out. There's yeah. a penis in this. Sticky, sticky penis. There's a, there's a lot of... I like that there's a... Stuff. <laughs> I like that there's a demographic like you don't like space. <laughs> yeah, well, no, because like you try to explain it to people, and you know, I've explained it to like, you know, like moms with toddlers who have like never really picked up a comic book ever and don't want. They've like, oh, I've never seen Star Wars. I'm not really into space things, you know, like people that say shit like that. And I'm like, yeah, but this is about a family, and this is like about. It's, mom, yeah, man. it's about like a, str- a family like struggling through war, or you've got somebody else who you can appeal to because of the political like uh, vein running mm-hmm. through it. You've got somebody else, somebody else who just it's just pure fun. I mean, even if you like don't find it super, you know, emotional, which obviously you don't have a soul if you don't. But like, <laughs> it's also just well, really fun. It's yeah. colorful and fun and beautiful, yeah. and there's all kinds of weird, odd characters all the way through it. Um, and so, yeah, well, that's always, yeah, it just that's always been the best science fiction. Yes, yeah, yeah. The best science fiction has always been a commentary on what's going out on outside. And I think where Saga excels is where you know we've talked before about you know Captain America might tell a great story, but it's always going to come back to being Captain America. Where this we don't know where this is going. Any no one's safe. This could end horribly at 
whatever issue it ends at. Oh, don't say that. Don't say it, though. The, the, the implication is that it does. does cause <laughs> Hazel, cause Hazel keeps saying like, you know, okay, this is the part of my life where things seemed okay, but it wouldn't last. <laughs> and it's like, like literally every story arc starts that way. And it's just like, Hazel, come on. Can't you just be like, and then we ended happily ever after. No. Like, no, <laughs> of course she can't. <laughs> it was her new time. Yeah. Which I love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was a little bit bummed that the war had not cooled off a little bit. I think it never does, it man. Like, Money maker. Man, it's just it's just amped up. <laughs> yeah. And and now it feels like they're in the middle of it more than ever because we really never saw these characters in the middle of that war, and since they were just like Alana and Marco as soldiers, you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, they were <laughs> off escaping it. I thought they said before that that ship provided them with all the food or whatever that they like all the sustenance they needed. Was that did I miss? Did I dream that? Yeah, but they need money. Yeah, yeah. Got to pay the they got to pay the therapist, yes. or the babysitter, whoever. It was. And buy albums. They have to have new music. Yeah. yeah. Well, great yeah. point. Great Remember point. By the way, about parents' music, right? We've all been yeah. there. Like, oh crap. Remember when they went to the writer's Loved house? That whole run, yeah. yeah. That seems like yeah. forever was that three? ago. Was that three times. or two? I thought, yeah, that was early. That was in yeah. three. That was it. Was, it was picked the up a guru, the writer, yeah, yep. whose book. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was volume three. I think it actually. I think they actually arrived uh, at the end of volume two. Yeah, and then it was most of volume three. This is this is it, we always talk about things being modern mythology. This at some level is modern Shakespeare. You have your Romeo oh, yeah. and Juliet, you have the war, you have the leaders and all the things that were in all those great Shakespeare plays. They're all kind of here in this sexy space story. How could you not love this? I'm surprised they haven't. Uh, I'm surprised they haven't adapted it yet. They, oh. might, they might not love him. That's what I'm saying. Kudos yeah. to to Vaughn and Staples to be like no. Yeah, I don't think any, I don't think anywhere the last man and shit on it. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but they're already they're they're doing Paper Girls. Amazon has right? Paper Girls, right? Yeah. They're doing Paper Girls, you know. But I, I I could see them being like, nope, we're not selling. I mean, this would be uh, a big budget thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Can you imagine how much money it would take to create all these all these alien worlds and crazy costumes? And oh, I can't wait for yeah. it. Yeah. I'm ready. I don't know if you could do it justice. <laughs> I don't know if you could yeah. do this justice, though. The only oh, way you could do it. Uh, that's, yeah, yeah, animated. It would be the only way you could do it on the scale no. that it's. it's no, I don't think so. They're no, going to. No, no, they're going to. I get it. All the things in there, putting all the things in there, the only way you could do it is animated because to do it, to do it live action, you're right. Hundreds was, of millions of dollars. Millions of No, look, they're going to do. They're going to get to issue like 75 or 80 like close to the end like two three years out from the end and they're gonna game of thrones this shit they're gonna like all right here it is don't say that because then they'll never finish the show i don't know if you guys have watched witcher season two but there's a lot of big budget monsters in there yeah yeah they're gonna and and theoretically five years down the line when they're still when this is still running and almost done and they maybe they start about thinking about adapting it it's a little bit cheaper to do that cg hmm you're, we're gonna get Saga. I don't know if I TV. want it. All I know is they better not fuck up Lion Cat. Oh, 
Don't give me any. Lion Cat is going to be a cheap, nasty crappy. CG. Yeah, yeah Don't exactly. Say it, Joey. I can't lie though. I loved when he got his eyes, his eyes poked out because she was grandmother. I don't know. Grandmother was my favorite mm. character, and when she poked his eye out, I was like, "No, all right." <laughs> she's going down. She's not going down without a fight. Poor Lion Cat. <laughs> anyway, Saga, <Okay>. read it. <laughs> <laughs> Buy it. Read it. Two ninety nine. Holding the line. Okay. Um, we got one last thing to talk about. Then we'll get out of here. Uh, this was just a really quick you know teaser that Marvel was doing last week on social media about the upcoming Judgment, Judgment Day. Day event forever yes Avengers X-Men Eternals crossover um, Kieran Gillen which I don't know if you know this but oh, Sarah and I interviewed oh, her a did, did he do the Wicked and Divine um, yeah he did do Wicked and Divine which if I don't recall I got to the top of the list by sheer force alone uh, well, anyway did you know I got um, Daredevil on year one wow so, Strange Academy <laughs> so uh, John damn it uh, so what they posted were three quotes from the actual um, story as it were uh, one was from Tony Stark uh, speaking broadly, I'm pro hubris, but how on earth do you think we're going to make a god in a few hours? Says Tony Stark. Um, and then Irene Adler says, Destiny, there will always be a war. That's the one thing one can always be sure of. And then Druig says, For a million years, Earth has been protected from the deviants, but we made a mistake. We missed some. The mutants. Yeah, he sucks anyway. Um, so we're going to, yeah, we're going to see these three teams, Avengers, X Men, Eternals, I guess, punch each other yeah. a lot, is yeah. my guess. Um, it's no. interesting because Marvel is not, they're not savvy about not appearing like they're just trying to do what the MCU yeah. is doing. Like it's, it's like, it's like, dude, like we know what you're doing. We know what you're doing. It's like, no, we're not. What are you talking about? It's like, nobody cared about the Eternals literally until this past year. And now you're throwing them into an event. Um, with that said, I don't know what's going on in the Avengers now, John, I don't even know if you're still reading the Avengers. I, it seemed I, like every time you talked about the it. Avengers, you were like, yeah, they are, they are in some multiversal war with something or other. <laughs> I've been reading Gillen's Eternals on Marvel Unlimited. I just started it. So, yeah. yeah. I like it. It's Mm -hmm. good. It's. I don't see these three franchises coming together, is my. It's going to feel very forced. Like, yeah. There's no flow. I think the Eternals and the the X Men, um, if it was just those two. I think pigeonholing the Avengers in because Gillen's going to be writing the X-Men. Yes. So that, that makes some, some sense. This, this has, it, this feels like X-Men versus Avengers all yes. over again. And that was yeah. not, not a good comparison. I'll be honest. Whenever the X-Men, I'm sorry, whenever the Avengers, anything I've ever read, this is for years. Whenever the Avengers stand 
next to or in opposition to either mutants or even in humans at the time. I feel mm-hmm. like my, my feeling was just go the hell away. Why, yeah. why are yeah. you, you know, so many times it just feels like they are even, even what was it? And, um, uh, the trial of Magneto, uh, yeah. where they, they show up and Tony Stark's like trying to tell everyone what they better do. And I'm like, you're on their freaking Island. Yeah. Like who appointed you, you don't get to, be, to yeah. yeah. It's always like, uh, sit down, just sit down. You are, you are not the top of the food chain here. It just seems like whenever they're in a story with other groups, that's how they come off. They come off very bossy. And, and they haven't mattered in years. I mean, they have not been the all powerful big team. Since Hickman? Yeah, probably, that's yeah. probably. And Aaron's tried, but they live in a dead celestial in Antarctica. No, really? Is that where we're? <laughs> no. Yes. Yeah, they, man. They, that's Avengers yeah. Mountain. And all they and the big villain they've been fighting is Dracula. Oh come on! No, Lord. yeah, Dracula now occupies Chernobyl, and he helped the Russian. <laughs> he helped the Russians steal She-Hulk, and that was oh, World that's... War She-Hulk. Oh, so and that, but still. In the background have been the the Squadron Supreme taken over by an evil agent Coulson. It's just what like is, what is, oh gosh, this is Jason Aaron yeah. of Thor yeah. telling this tale. It's a Defender story wrapped in an Avengers story, and it. I just don't know how it fits into this. This it, it just seems like the Eternals and the X Men are actually going to come into conflict, and the Avengers are like, but us too. Hey, remember um, us. Yeah, because actually it makes sense if you think about like, yeah, I mean, the Eternals, you could argue it's like their mission is to, you know, protect Earth from the deviants, protect, you know, humanity's evolution, blah, blah, blah. And then you have these mutants who are literally taking over the solar system. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that happening. You should throw the Inhumans in there, not the Avengers. Yeah, well, the Inhumans, they tried. I know, they didn't work I know. I also feel like, you know, the in the actually the all of the Marvels book that I was, I was reading in the mutants chapter, they point out something very interesting, which is that the X Men and the Eternals to some degree too. And I think about this this qualifier, they're not a team of superheroes; they're mm-hmm. a team of people that are this alike. It's a community of of people right Mm -hmm. and they come together for that sake right the eternals are the same way the avengers are just cops like they're just like they're like superhero cops licensed by the government to like save people and save the world and get rid of super villains and blah 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 stop crime so like they do kind of just show up and they're like, hey, yeah. what's put, all this put then? Your, put your Break secret it up. on. Break yeah. it up. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So like they don't really fit. Like, it, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I I haven't read an event from Marvel in a while. I've been reading the X events, obviously. But even that, I've kind of been we've been burned by the last couple of months. So mm-hmm. uh, I'll be interested to see. You know, you, John, you've been talking up Devil's Reign, so I definitely want to check that yeah, out. But this do. this thing seems so separate from any trajectory we've seen so far in any of these three franchises. So I I, I this feels more like the those summer events of, yeah. of old, you know. And and I don't know if that's a good thing. Is this going to be? I, they didn't really say if this is going to be like a standalone mini or is it going to no. be interweaved in the the, the books. I'd be interested. Really no info. I think Gillen will probably write it, which means I'm on board because I think you interviewed him a few years ago and he seemed like a pretty solid guy. 
I yeah. really want to, if they had like Ribic or a really great writer or artist on this, like, like bring back Coppell, throw some money at him. No way. I, I know, but no way. I, I'm, he'll do one cover. Maybe <laughs> he'll do uh, he a one issue. Like he did. I am Batman. He was actually frustrated for a while that he was only getting cover work at Marvel. Oh yeah. Oh please. I, yeah. I would love to see it. I would love his, I am Batman. Number one. I would have loved to see more of that, but I mean, you need you need a great creative team on this to to sell it, and it I, it can't be Aaron. I'm sorry, it just, it, yeah, it just can't be at this point in time. Wow, and, and, and uh, yeah, I'm just sorry, Melissa. You're gonna get Marvel Judgment Day? <laughs> uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> This is no. the book that finally changes Melissa's tune. Yeah. Yeah. No, but this I is really wanna, interesting. You know, I do want to say, Joey, thank you for bringing up uh, Moon Knight, a, a, a version of Moon Knight that I think would be digestible for me because in preparation for the movie, I wanted to learn a little bit about Moon Knight. So, Dude, he, yeah. at the end of one of the issues, there's zombies on a subway. Wow. So you get it, get it. It's great. It's if anybody's going to sell me on Moon Knight, it's going to be Jeff Lemire. So I'll try it. Well, yeah. that's the thing. Like, it's crazy also that there was a period of time when Jeff Lemire was writing X-Men and Moon Knight. And like, it's like, what? What was he doing? What yeah. was he doing? Cashing checks. Yeah. I know. I'll buy space the same children, time. but I'll try it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Great. So I think any other comments from the gallery here? Don't care. Won't read it. All right. <laughs> I'm with Melissa. Nice. Any other news or any statements before we wrap up the thing? Oh, no, we got to do yeah. books that we're re- picking up. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. All right, I'll go first since I was planning to do this all along. Uh, uh, um, Gene Luen Yang's Monkey Prince, number one, finally debuts for DC. I'll be checking that out. Crossover number 11. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, number 34. This is the quote-unquote final <gasps> issue um, before they obviously relaunch and do something else. Um Sabretooth number one? What? I probably won't read, but I think it's <laughs> weird that it's coming out, so I wanted to say it out loud. Um, Shang-Chi number eight, Spider-Woman number 19, and uh, Milligan in All Red returning to Ecstatics with Excellent number one? Mm-hmm. What? Okay, I'll get that as well. Um, Aaron, what are you picking up? So, uh, I'm going to push through Justice League Incarnate 4. <laughs> <laughs> After what we talked about tonight? I'm going to push through it, because I think it's limited. Um, crossover 11, FF Life Story 6 mm-hmm. comes out, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sanxi 8, The Magic Order 2, number 4 comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, FF Reckoning War Alpha, number 1, not sure yet. Gotta see how that plays out, because it's supposed to continue then on FF 40. Um, and there's a new one from Image called New Masters, number 1. So, that's nice. it. Um, it Bob, is an FF doing? kind of week. That life story is here. I will work, try to work my way through the thing number four because the first three were not to my liking. The FF Reckoning War is Dan Slott's story that he's been trying to tell for 15 years, apparently. I'm in. Like what he's doing with the mainstream FF, so I'll give that a shot. And that's about it. Um, John, uh, Batman 120, uh, Dark Knights of Steel number four, Detective Comics 1051, Crossover 11. I think I'm going to read the Geiger 80 page giant because I just read the trade of that and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I read Mag- that in issues. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, Magic Order 2, Newburn number three, 
Uh, Daredevil Woman Without Fear, Devil's Reign, Daredevil Woman Without Fear, number two. I'm in for The Reckoning War, and then uh, Shang-Chi 8, and I'm getting them, but I haven't read them yet, but X-Lives of Wolverine. X-Lives of Wolverine is awesome. Okay, I got it, I got it, I just haven't read them yet. That I read the first issue because for some reason it was on Marvel it Unlimited. Was free, yeah, it was free, and I was like, awesome. It was also like six bucks, so mm-hmm. like, thanks, I guess. Um, it was really cool, and I I picked up the second issue because of it. Yeah. So, are you yeah, reading the X, really cool. X deaths too? I I anything that's in the the series. There's like I'm two reading. alternating series. One's X lives, X lives, X, X deaths. Death. Yeah, that's what I'm reading. Yeah. yeah. So I haven't read. It's, I haven't it's read them really both, cool. but I'm I'm I think it's good, and I like. I love Joshua Casera on X-Force, so I'm going to give it a go. Yeah. Melissa, you're going to get Sabretooth number mm, one? Definitely. <laughs> I, have, I have no idea. I barely made it to the show tonight. I did look up that uh, Giger book, though, and I thought that maybe it was Geiger. by H.R. Giger. Geiger. I thought it was by H.R. No. Giger. That would have been awesome. A comic about the designing of I was aliens. like, damn, I'm going to read this. No, I'm not. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I actually do think you like you would like that Jeff Lemire Moon Knight run. I think the arts there's moments of the art that are totally up your alley, and uh, obviously Lemire's writing is really. I, good. I am checking. I actually looked it up while you were talking about it, and it's in my comicsology, so I'm ready. Yeah, awesome. I feel like you would like Melissa the Magic Order. Yeah, you would. What? That's something. The Magic the Order. Magic Order. I really think you would like that. I'm pretty sure I talked about. Is that an? I think you read the a, first one, Mark yeah. Miller and Olivia Capel. Yeah, I was gonna say, isn't okay. that an extension on one that I talked about a couple shows ago? I think did you, you did bring that to the table. Yeah. When, I think you did. You're right. You're right. You're right. Like the magical families that were mm-hmm. at yes, war with yes. each other. Yeah, yeah. What did, uh, I asked? I remember I asked Olivia Capel, "What? How do you describe it?" He's. What do you say? He said it was the Harry Mad- Potter meets The Sopranos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> works for me all right any other comments before we wrap things up melissa thanks for joining us thank you for having me it has been really lovely to be on a show with you again joey oh no it's been like three years or something i think since we've been on a show together we weren't on the show together when you came back. That was your sabbatical when you were busy with. Yeah. Oh gosh, I for, I put that out of my mind. <laughs> I came back Ooh. on and you disappeared, so I just assumed it yeah. was because of me. <laughs> I had the and habit John of told doing me it was that. Because of him, so then I felt better. Yeah, yeah, that is actually true. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't really doing a play. I was creating an effigy of John Burkle to burn in my backyard. We're only allowed to do doing. one show together uh, a month. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's it's always awesome, and uh, you know we have a long history, much longer than me and this Berkeley guy. <laughs> All right, hey, it um, is my so, one year anniversary of being a regular. Oh, congratulations! Yeah, don't get used to it. All right, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still uh, the new right. guy. <laughs> Steve will be back next week I'm sure Uh, we have reached the end of this week's edition of the Target Comics podcast as always you can send us comments or questions through our email podcast at TargetComicBooks.com we are also on Twitter at Talking Comics the website TargetComicBooks.com is back up we were able to sort out some of the the kinks with it Um, it's not 100% just yet we're still getting there but it is there I already have some folks asking to put some new content up too so we should be back 
the wheel should be spinning um, soon. And the Patreon is looking like it's going to happen soon. Yep. I wasn't on the show last week. So whatever Steve said is still true. Um, and uh, like I said, you can you can hit up any of those places for reviews and commentary and all that good stuff. Um, what else do we usually say here? Oh, Bob, where can our listeners Old find Old fashioned you? email. Bob Breyer at TalkingComicBooks.com. John? At John P. Burkle. Aaron? At Aaron J. Amos. Melissa? At Melissa Punch on Twitter. I am at Dre Bracino, rarely mm-hmm. if ever, but hey, you can send me a message. That's fine. Um, that's it for the show. Thank you so much for listening this week. Be excellent to each other. Go read Saga 299, holding the line, y'all. Um, and until <laughs> next time on the Talking Comics Podcast, to be continued. <laughs> you know what's going to happen. Saga! They're going to do... Let's do it. Woo-hoo. I'm tired. Let's go. I'm tired, and I just bought Pokemon Legend Arceus, so I got to play, play, play. All right, let's do it. Um, it's tons of fun, Melissa. I don't know if Max is into the Pokemon still or ever. Not, but the, not the video games. I'll play the video games. He won't play the video is games. Is it on Switch yet? He's super into it. It's uh, on Switch. Yeah, I have to get cards. it for my son. Oh, is it the Pokemon cards? cards? Wow. Yeah, he's, he's oh, still doing cards. In, yeah, my son's into those too. It's huge around here. Really? Yeah. I guess it cycles. Yeah. My daughter, my five year old, is just getting into it now too. So it must be a, I don't know. It's, it comes it's having it a resurgence. Yeah. 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 We actually gave RCS? away a box of them like two years ago, and he said he didn't care anymore. Now he's totally into them again. Uh-oh. Yeah. Nice. Arceus is basically Zelda, but with Pokemon. Nice. Wow. Like the graphics, and including, I'm pretty sure some of the sound effects are direct <laughs> from uh, Call of the Wild or whatever, Breath of the Wild, whatever the one where you're free roaming and riding Breath horses. Of the wild. All right. Anyway, let's hit this. Start <clears throat> seven, <clears throat> seven.